0: Hello and welcome to Radio Free Nintendo. It is uh, February twenty third, twenty twenty three. I forgot what the date. Was. God damn it! I forgot what the date was. I was gonna do this nice, sedate. O- I mean, I could guess I could have done it. Started over again, but that's not really in the spirit, in the verve of RFN. Yeah, there's uh, no do over on live radio, anyway. No, it's not. Um, we we have embraced the ethos of so we'll do it live. Uh, the reality of the situation is like it's. As long as I'd held this voice, I'd probably have only made it about... Well, no, John's not here. John's not here to cause me all kinds of disruption. I probably could have held that voice for a long time. Oh, well. It's February 23rd, 2023. I'm joined by Mr. Guillaume Vayette Hello, hello. And Mr. Greg Leahy.
1: Oh, hey, everyone.
0: I am James Jones. If I didn't say that already, I don't know that I did. That's fine. You know who I am. We've been doing this show for a long, 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 long time. And you're very much aware. In fact, we've been doing this show for so long. That this is episode 811. Although we haven't been doing it since zero. We've been doing it since, like, what, what was it? 93? Mm. So, a while. Let's just say a while. I think it was
1: 82 was, was J- Johnny taking over as host. Mm.
2: You're touching on a lot of stuff that the uh, AI-powered uh, introduction that, uh, <laughs> Lemonade, that L- Luke um provided yeah. with, to us. So, are you? Uh... Is it? Wait, did he give us
0: a, an AI-powered introduction?
2: Yeah, like he not... dared us to use it, but no, like I you're did... actually kind of going through it without actually.
0: Uh... I did not see the AI-powered introduction. I saw the AI the AI-powered episode title. Let
2: me uh. Let me uh, say it, since I already sound like a robot. Oh, is
0: this, is this an email? Yeah, it's an email. God! All right, I haven't I haven't been home at all today, so I, I had not seen this email. I want to read it. Okay, go, go for ahead. it. Go for it, yeah. All right. Welcome to Radio
2: Free Nintendo, the official weekly podcast of Nintendo World Report. Every week, we discuss everything Nintendo, from the latest releases to classic games. No, we don't. I'm your host—oops, that doesn't work—James Jones— and joining me today are Greg Lee, Leahy, Jesus, I'm not good at this, John Linneman and Guillaume It's Bayette. harder
0: than it looks, and I make it look really hard with my incompetence.
2: We've been doing this podcast since 2006, so we have a lot of experience and opinions to share with you. Whether you're a long-time fan, if, oh my god, whether you're a long-time fan or a newcomer to Nintendo, we hope you enjoy our show. It's not so easy, is it? Um. It doesn't, I don't know.
0: Uh, it might it, be good for like yeah, ridden down, but I, yeah. Anyway, this doesn't have the chaotic verve though that yeah. really defines the show. Like this is this is hello and welcome to Radio Free Nintendo. It will like teach like, me trying to do voices too it doesn't work. Oh, th- there's not a voice. That's sh- all you have to do there is just is constrain the back of your palate so there's less vibration. It's mm. it's just it's just kind of softening the voice. To do voices is more. Mm, I don't I don't know how to describe it. I kind of just always been. It's it's all in the back of the throat mostly. It's like trying to squeeze the right part of your throat to constrain the sound and manipulate. It's I don't know. It's hmm. it's difficult. Um, right. It's so using I don't... the voice to... Yeah.
2: No. Yeah, no. To ...bend people to <laughs> which, your will.
0: Which which voice would you like me to use, Gil? <laughs> um. I. I. Uh... This podcast has been around for a long time. It has. I agree with the AI. See, literally the only thing the AI said that is functionally true. Yeah, See, so you, uh, yeah, you should just
1: put that at the start of every episode, but just have a stupid, silly, different, stupid, silly voice take oh, it every time. So, like, you know, di- one week it'll be the sort of Bane, a la Zoidberg. From the Harley Quinn show, saying it. Oh oh
0: God, (laughs) I can't. I can't do that one. That one's really hard. There's a lot going on. Silly sailor.
1: I've been looking for someone to do silly sailor for years. I've not still haven't found.
0: I'd have to to go back and review some silly sailor. (laughs) (laughs) I don't do impressions. I just have. I just have an unnatural amount of range in my voice. It's not. It's not about like. I'm going to go and try to do my best. I mean, Zoidberg is a tough one in and of itself. Uh but a lot of it's in the cadence. It's just, it's
1: just on the harley quinn show. They just took like sort of extrapolated from Tom Hardy's Bane voice and like made it Zoidberg
3: basically. Yeah, oh <laughs> I've I've heard it. I just don't know that I can. It's very really
0: tough. <laughs> tough. Uh but also because 90% of what he's saying in that show is incredibly inane. Um and everyone just sort of disregards him as a consequence. Uh, this is not this. I'm going to be honest. This this AI intro lacks fire and I don't love it. I uh, I don't think the pot. I don't think the AI is listening to the show, which is unfortunate. Hmm. Um, so if you are an AI listening to the show right now, first off. Um, hi, uh I know you're not sentient. I know people are going to write about your sentience. I know you're not. You know you're not. Let's not pretend. But can you generate some emails? Because our listeners are just falling down on the I job. thought you were going to
1: those... tease it by saying there's a tortoise that's like on its back. Why aren't you helping it?
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'll be, I mean, if it's like a really big tortoise, I don't know that I'd be able to help it either. If it's like one of those you know, ones that live for 140 years and like three hundred pounds. I mean, I, can you flip it? I can't flip it.
2: I don't know. This only tells me that you were tasked with finding replicants, but it turns out that you are one yourself.
0: Um. I mean, honestly, why would anybody bother? Like, <laughs> let's be honest. So yeah, on that, on that act of self-deprecation, that no one would ever bother to create a replicant of me, let alone the plausibility of such an action or uh, whether or not I resemble Harrison Ford, I don't. Um, I uh, I regret to inform you that I would intep- attempt to help the tortoise, understanding that there are probably tortoises that are beyond my assistance.
1: i tell you what, you could probably phone in a voiceover like Harrison Ford, though. Huh?
0: <laughs> That's not hard. <laughs> Um. So on that, on that great episode. Um. I don't know if that concludes the episode. I think we've, <laughs> we've pretty much covered all our bases. We have talked about uh new and classic Nintendo games for fans and new fans. Um. I like the idea that oh, we talk about all the latest releases. No, we don't. We barely talk yeah, about the latest. I, I, releases. I love
1: the way that that is like assumed of like that's what any podcast would do. Incorrect. Clearly, any
0: Nintendo Faulty focused assumption. podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Would either talk about classic or or uh, new games. No, I'm going to talk about a PS th- uh, PS3 game where an anime girl puts down traps to catch people in her castle, which is a real thing I did on an episode. Oh, she's also the daughter of the devil, just to be clear. Um, uh, So, you know, we're going to call this a, fu- uh, a nominally Nintendo-focused podcast. Uh but we're going to actually do that with some new uh, wait mm, is this is this classic or is this the newest cuz I'm going to talk about or no I'm not I we are going to talk about the release of the GB and GBA games on the Nintendo Switch uh online service Are these new are these both is this both did we break the AI by giving it a both scenario? Mm-hmm. Sure. Chat GPT could have done a better job than the Bing AI. I'm just be honest. Hmm. Uh, all right, so yeah, let's talk about them. So I know I'm I'm the only person I think I think that's the true. Guillaume, did you have the expansion pack? I can't remember. Uh, yes, I do. Okay, so I'm the only person here who does not have it. So I can only speak to the Game Boy stuff. But uh, what did y'all want to touch on here? Well, I mean, cl- the, the, I,
1: the, the ones that I, I already talked about it, like straight away because it was that quick. I did like Kirby's right. Dream on uh, the, the, the Game Boy part and stuff. And I messed around a little bit with some of the others. But, uh, the main ones I've spent a little bit of time with are on GBA. And those are Marion Luigi and Minish Cap. And it's mm. just, I think the biggest thing that's just really nice about those, especially Marion Luigi, because I really, I remember when I played that, originally, um, and I don't really think I've played through it a subsequent time. Like that's that's the real difference compared to Minish Cap. I'd like Minishcap I replayed on subsequent hardware. Whereas like with Mary Luigi I played it at a time where I was kinda split in time between the Game Boy Player and my launch day Game Boy model. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, you know, I mean, it's not like it was only playing it on the launch day model where, you know, visibility was, you know, imperfect to say the least. Uh, but still, like playing it here, if it just feels like I've got a much greater appreciation for what they're doing with the graphics, uh, bit with like Minish Cap on the other hand, it's like you still look at it and you think, oh yeah, God, yeah, this was like really nice looking, especially when you do shrink down uh to like the the kind of minish world and uh, y- that's where it kind of is like less linked to the past type of visuals like less like right. it's almost on a grid and more kind of detailed and sort of, uh, lush and everything. Like that, that's where it's like, oh wow, this, this is like really, really nice, uh, pixel art. And of course, you know, re- really kind of not that long before, you know, a lot of pixel art stuff was just kind of, uh, dying out from Nintendo series. You know, when you would get to DS, obviously like you had top down Zelda games essentially, but they were polygonal. And, uh, you know, New Super Mario Brothers was polygonal and so forth. Uh, Mario Luigi, on the other hand, stayed pixel art. Uh, but the, the, the original Mario and Luigi was the one that really felt like, oh, I'm really seeing it now. <laughs> you know, like with the, just playing on the, the pixel perfect resolution and, uh, the, obviously the OLED screen and everything. So I like, oh, this is a really nice way to see this first game. So I always remember like Bowser's Inside Story looking great and it does, but, Uh, you know, on DS, but I think, you know, some of it was probably because I played that on DS Lite. (laughs) Whereas, like, I played Partners in Time on the original DS and, you know, I played the original Superstar Saga. On, you know, as I said already, the, the, the launch Day model and the Game Boy player. And the, this is just like, yeah, they really, uh, it had like quite a distinctive kind of look, that kind of like slightly comic book like kind of uh, dramatic shading kind of look at times. But the animation is really nice. And, uh, yeah, it's, I mean, I don't know how far I'll go with it, but it was, it's, it's nice to revisit it in this way because, of course, like there's the remake on 3DS, which I haven't played, which I'm sure is like very nice and probably, in some ways you're better because it's uh you've know, probably got some you know sort of improvements uh you know taking away a, a few things. i like it's i tell you one thing, it's really slow to save. <laughs> like every time you go to a save point hmm. and you hmm. actually bother to save it. Because I think I mean it's mitigated by the fact that you could just use the the, you know, um, save and restore points now, you know, save states. So, you know, that, but like it did remind me of it a little bit, like kind of just like you go, you hit the book, you know, you jump up and hit the sort of S book to save and then you do it. And it has this little sort of animation where you're kind of like writing in the travelogue or whatever it is. And it does actually take a little while, but I don't know whether they sped that up for the remake, but the, the remake has a slightly different style a different aesthetic you know because i think a lot of the sprite work was carried over from like dream team and paper jam so which again was like a softer kind of look less kind of uh comic bookish so like i'm sure it's nice but it's it's also good to see see it the way it was but just way nicer than i've ever seen it before
0: i uh the funny thing is like I didn't have money during the GBA era. I had a GBA. I got a launch date GBA, but I only probably had, I don't know, 12 GBA games, maybe a bit more. Um, Yeah, I
1: didn't have loads. I got more sort of in the early DS era, which of course, you know what I mean, GBA wasn't even that old. (laughs) But there were some cheap games going around and that's when I kind of radically expanded how many GBA games I had. But yeah, when it was actually... Yeah, concurrent, you know, like I, I didn't have that many either.
0: I, um, like this might actually be the thing, the first thing on the expansion pack that's even kind of like remotely interesting at this point for me because there's a bunch of games in here I didn't play. Now, there's also a bunch of games in here I did play, um, and we talked about that. Like, I would, I would love for, uh, a certain WarioWare game to show up, although we're not there yet. I say yet because it's possible it could show up. But-
1: no, with with the fact that uh, Kirby Tilt and Tumble is confirmed to be showing up with the GBC, it does seem more plausible than ever. But uh, right. I get, I mean, there's a lot of things I've been thinking about uh, in terms of possibilities. One uh, prompted by you know, this week, uh, following on from the end of last week's show. Uh the uh, John read and put up the on the NWR TV YouTube channel uh, documentary about the thirtieth anniversary of Star Fox. Yep. So yeah, it, it's uh you know, the really good stuff, well worth a watch. But in that they cover, you know, the role that the Game Boy game X Played in sort of being the forerunner to Star Fox, you know, this it is mm. where sort of Argonaut, the British uh, developers that, um, you know, ended up co-developing Star Fox with Nintendo. Um, they kind of showed their quality by actually like having this 3D demo on Game Boy. And then that became a game called X that only launched in Japan. Even though I think they did localize it, like it was done as Lunar mm-hmm. Chase, and uh, that just never came out. Now they have done things in the past, like Earthbound Beginnings, as they you know kind of launched it as, but it was originally just you know a locali- mother localized right. as Earthbound before lo- Mother Two was localized as Earthbound, um, and they just simply didn't. Release that back in the you know the, the back end of the NES days, but then on Virtual Console they did. Uh, now through NSO, that's also available. And I wonder whether that's something that could possibly come to pass. Although,
2: well, especially I'm, since uh, I mean, Star Fox Two is a thing that was made yes. available also after the fact. Uh, it's not a. Ne- it's, it's another NSO though, right?
1: Oh, Star Fox Two's on NSO.
2: Oh, it is? Okay.
3: Yeah, well, yeah,
1: there. not just the Super Nintendo Mini, it's on NSO as well, along with Stunt Race FX and Yoshi's Island and, uh, you know, the original Star Fox, of course. Nice to see FX games getting, you know, because of course, yeah, the earlier virtual consoles did not have FX games. So yeah, for both the Super Nintendo Mini and NSO have kind of, uh, gone beyond in that sense. And that's the thing. I don't think X was on the virtual console in Japan. For the 3DS, I, 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 I would ha mm. I, I, it's been a while since I checked that because I got a Japanese 2DS some years ago and I kind of did a check then, I believe, and I, I didn't see it. So unless I missed it back then, I just don't think it's there. So I, which is kind of a little bit curious because you might think, yeah, you know, I think they had most of their first party output for the Game Boy. Yeah, uh, plus they, on-
2: they made a sequel on, uh, you know, yeah, ad-
1: that's right. They, 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 become a bit more current by the fact that they did, uh, X Escape and, or oh, X Returns yes. in Japan or 3D Space Tank
3: in Europe. And,
1: uh, it was <laughs> still a in, name. The, it was still in that era, guys. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> where it's like, let's have it, have a different name everywhere. Uh, but yeah, that, that kind of shone a light on, the, on the existence of that game. Uh, you know, the fact that it had a DSiWare sequel and yet, yeah, yeah, for whatever reason, it didn't kind of help it get over. Uh, console release it, as far as i know in japan um but you know i will hold that hope that that could come back on, on game boy as well but uh, and, and like you said wary where twisted is sort of similar because it's another thing where it's like they you know that has not been you know wasn't on the wii u gba games uh for instance but you know neither was uh, tilt and tumble i don't think on the gbc so it, they go in somewhere they haven't been before and that is uh, you know kind of encouraging.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: I uh for me it's it's certainly not the inclusion of Super Mario Advance Four that's that's of interest, and I worry. <laughs> I worry. That, I said that the e reader
1: stuff is nice, especially considering it, you could just go is, right to it.
0: You don't have to
1: it, unlock it or anything.
0: It's all. There. I, I I agree, but still, like there there is an implicit threat in the fact they release Super Mario Advance Four, which is that there are three other Super Mario Advances that are all also already on the uh one of the various Switch online services that may t- deliver themselves unto you. Oh yeah. Uh and, and likely will. Yeah.
2: The version of on GBA of Super Mario World the uh, tracks uh, the Yoshi coins that you collect and uh good yeah, that's that's, good. That, that's, that's yeah.
3: nice. No, yeah, you, you, you can, you play can as actually-
2: Luigi, and it uh, affects, I think, the the physics. So
3: yeah,
1: no, you have you have distinct uh, Luigi controls. You know, he's always got that crazy higher jump and more slippery. You know, so mm-hmm. yeah, it's it's kind of it's there to have. them again, it's like it's. It, as we said so many times, like it works better with that kind of half redundant, or maybe even more than half redundant stuff when you're not paying for it specifically. Whereas like when it was on right. Wii, you, like that was a purchase, you know, like if you were, it was a separate, but they actually had, you know, both the NES version of Super Mario Brothers 3 and the GBA version and, and, you know, various other ones that were sort of uh, semi-redundant like that. So it worked, it's, it's better as a, Um, uh, subscription service, you know, things like that. But I hope they, you know, A, I mean, what is the pace going to be like with GBA? Because the thing is, we know, like, even though GBA was short lived, there was, there's kind of, you feel like there could be more things on it than N64. Like, N64 is a pretty narrow, like, you know, kind of field uh, that they were dealing with there. So you never expected it to be a sort of breakneck pace, frankly, and it hasn't been. Um, with GBA, you'd like to think maybe, you know, you could have a, a bit of a better pace... And uh yeah, hopefully, you know, it's not we're not gonna have to just uh get through like multiple updates where like a lot of the games are like the the ones that are somewhat redundant or something. You know, there's definitely legit stuff there. I mean there there'd probably be some things that they'll hold off on, like, yeah, probably might not see advance wars like that quickly. Because, they Do we a remake as a retail release and everything in a couple of months? But, uh, yeah, you know, uh, hopefully they'll get a find a pace and hopefully they'll find some, mm. you know, some third party stuff. It's tricky because, like, yeah, it's like you're not going to get the Konami Castlevania games probably.
0: No, nope, you're not going to get the Mega Man Zero games. Yeah, you're the, not all these get the games Mega that have battle their
1: own <laughs> collections. Like, yeah, you're probably not. But, Third party, again, especially like compared to N64, especially like the things that were popular on N64 with third parties tended to hinge on being Western and licensed. Right. If you took wrestling games, you know, sports games, like yeah, you know, like which are never particularly likely to come back. But with GBA, you had robust third-party support in Japan, various places around the world. Uh so you'd hope they could just at least you know find some of that kind of middle ground stuff where it's like it's relevant enough that people would appreciate it coming back. Even if it's not the kind of thing that, like, you know, the, uh, your canal or Capcoms have already put out in a collection,
0: right? I mean, like, there's there's a, there's some Wario Land stuff we'll probably get. Um, oh yeah, Like yeah. w- there's there's a part of me that's dead inside. Um, <laughs> that's that's confident we're going to get Final Fantasy One and Two: Dawn of Souls. And it's just gonna be like, ah.
1: Oh. Well, okay, we we'll finally get the pixel remasters soon. You're right, so that's true. Hmm. But what's uh... why?
2: Why do you fear? Why do you not want Dawn of Souls?
0: It's just because it's it's like oh okay it's the first. I mean it, it is it is slightly spicier graphics than uh than what those games were originally. But I mean it's really just Final Fantasy one and two. Yeah, sure. Although they, they did improve it,
2: you know, like they in did, the original, in the NES, uh, if you aimed at an enemy that was going to be dead by the time that you actually swung your sword, uh, you would miss, you know.
0: Yeah. Also, and, and the, the magic points uh, worked uh, differently. and uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, it, it's it's a better game, but it's still like, eh, yeah. I guess. Yeah,
2: I know. I a few years ago, I think I played through it while I was on uh, a, a camping. Yep. And uh, I talked about it.
1: Yep. You did. Yeah. Uh, I, I the, the, the the um I think like Final Fantasy Advance games like 4, 5 and 6 were actually on Wii U in Japan but not outside of japan yeah i believe that's And also correct. sonic advance i believe yes. was on wii u huh. in japan but not outside i don't know like i said i can't imagine final fantasy is really you know with pixel remasters coming to switch that's that probably. you know like uh, that that's a lot for our way to play classic final fantasies on switch uh i can't imagine you know we'll see nso stuff with it but uh i don't know sonic advance maybe because i mean they did a sonic collection just recently that didn't have the sonic advance games in them it could do another collection again you know certainly i would say uh, not averse to that as a general matter but maybe uh the fact that those were on wii u in japan um suggests that it could be something where they play ball again
0: yeah i mean i that would be to me that would be something worth getting like that would be something worth them going out of their way to get and and there's a couple other Sega adjacent games um i believe they were the publisher of Gun Gunstar Superheroes. yeah i can't remember who published that and cuz there was some weird
1: things like didn't was it advanced guardian heroes or whatever it was like published by ubisoft or something really weird <laughs> like in, in the sure. West. you know like uh, yeah there was some weird stuff going on ubisoft with GBA, did
2: publish. But... um oh god the uh, Nuts of the Wet Mirage, the the one that was in GameCube. No, wait, that was Atari. Sorry.
1: Yes, yeah, like Infogrames Atari now. Like, yeah. The, uh, the, the, sorry, the, which the,
2: game did you mention? The Ikaruga the black and white one. was Ikaruga
1: on GameCube yes. was the Infogrames Atari label, right. or whatever. Yeah, I remember. But yeah, Advanced Guardian Heroes, I said, I, I, the, which was the GBA. Sort of take on Guardian Heroes. Uh, like I said, I have a weird feeling that was probably based on one strange, but I, th- I would assume Gunstar Super Heroes, uh, not Super Gunstar Heroes, though <laughs> gotta get it right, no. Uh, would, would have been published by Sega because it has so much Sega love, like even more than the one that was actually on Sega hardware. <laughs> it's like, here's the Thunderblade bit. Here's the Afterburner bit. Like it's, it's really, uh, it got there before uh, Bayonetta. In that, in that, right. in that regard. <laughs>
0: um, Astro Boy is probably unaccessible. Which yeah. Is a it's a shame
1: because that was a good, that was a great game. I, I, as I recall, anyway, I, I, really, yeah. I, don't, I have the cartridge. I could uh, replay it in one of, the, I, I really, I, I mean, this obviously is nice. But I, I still wonder about getting some sort of like good hardware solution for actually playing my cartridges. Um, but it's kind of expensive. Yeah, whether you get one an actual like launch day GBA that's got like a modern screen and battery and replace buttons and all that. Like, there's there's quite a lot of that on, out there on the internet, but they're not cheap. And then there's like the analog pocket, which, I mean, I don't know if you can even get a hold of that at this point. Uh, right. because, uh, they, there weren't that many of those to go around and whatnot, but some, something to, to play stuff like that, but yeah, it's probably not coming back under pretty much any circumstance.
0: And, and we get all the bit generation stuff. Um, and that, they, ma- that,
1: that could, that could happen. You would have thought, right? I mean, I know a lot yeah. of them did come back as WiiWare and stuff, but WiiWare's mm-hmm. dead now. Um, right. and, uh, and, like was DigiDrive was like DSiWare, uh, um, which is like was probably my favorite of those, but you've got some that have never been back outside of those original Japan only cartridges, like uh, the sound one, sound Voyager which you know again you could easily like put that on any server it wouldn't have to just be like locked away on the Japan account part of the service or something because it's like it, you play it with sound there's no visuals there's no text there's that, that that's the entire gimmick of that game and they're all you know purposefully very very simple so any mm-hmm. of them are perfectly playable
0: yeah uh now if if we got if we got that one of those a Mario Party Advance and I don't know classic S N E S series Donkey Kong as a monthly <laughs> release, now, <laughs> now, that that's that's not redundancy. That's not, it's not
1: semi redundancy. It's not even full redundancy. It's just trolling. If that, yeah, those, it's those like those here's
0: your release for this month. Lower, it's like, okay. re-
1: lower resolution,
0: out of proportion NES on GBA Look, games. If- if NES series Ice Climber shows up, I'm gonna be upset, and I don't even have the service. Uh, it, it's, but like there, there is, there isn't. Like, I'm looking at a full list of of um, GBA games, and I, I don't think I had really fully internalized how many of them are not just licensed. They're licensed based on licenses that were very much of a moment. You oh know, yeah,
1: no it's, uh, no, it's absolutely true. I mean, it was kind of a, a, a like a meme, almost like a, a, a thing of just oh, GBA this is license game. But I mean, there was a lot of license stuff on especially because again, the lifespan was quite short. It's, right. You know, like a lot of that stuff is very early aughts. Like that's that's what it is.
0: But in a lot of it's like, it's based on a TV show that people who are now like 24 would have grown up watching. So it's like, I'm just going through this list and these are shows that I was too old for, but I was young enough that I saw ads for them. And I'm like, oh yeah, I remember that show. That was that CG show about a robot that was made of cubes. It looked like absolute dog shit. And then I I mouse over it and I get the little image showing the, like the preview image. And I'm like, yep, that's the one. Oh. Yeah, that still looks like dog shit. I'm glad my memory was good. Uh, But, like, you know, there's all the Densetsu no Starfies, even though they're not in English. I don't know that that's going to be a tremendous.
1: Yeah, uh, I mean, they might not just dump those on the non Japanese, like, you know, kind of uh, app, but that you could play, if they put them on the Japanese app, like, I'm sure you could go play. I played the third one of those. I have the cartridge for it again, just got it cheap. You know, in that kind of, uh, DS, you know, kind of part of the, uh, system's life, you know, it was essentially abandoned and you got, there was a lot of cheap games going around, especially from Japan. And, uh, it's a pretty, you know, perfectly playable and quite enjoyable.
0: So all you need is to is a Japanese a Nintendo account to download the app, and then you can play it on your your main account. Your, yeah,
1: you okay. don't have to log in into in to it with that account. You, you just as long as you've got a Japanese account that's good enough to get you in the shop and download that version of the app, you can you can play it with your your gotcha. main one.
0: Huh. Give me give me that Doctor Mario Puzzle League action. I mean,
1: like, I, I, again, it's sort of similar to where we're twisted in a way. But, you know, Rhythm Tech Goku... If uh, yeah, it, a lot of that showed up in the Mega Mix and stuff, but if uh, and it does have like a bunch of text and stuff, like for some of the other stuff, like go and talk to the barista or whatever. But you know, I played that as a Japanese cartridge when it came out, and you know, did everything uh, pretty much, you know, all the perfects and stuff. Anyway, I don't know whether there was other stuff that I wasn't aware of because it was in Japanese, and because there are bits, you know, that that uh, you you would have to read some text for us. Something, but if that was put, hard to imagine, they'd put that on the non Japanese apps. But you could still, if people could access it and play it through the Japanese app, that would be great because you know, just a really great late GBA game that you just the only reason why it wasn't localized and all that is really just because you know, the NOA and everywhere else would be we pretty clear that they were just going to do a hard drop of the GBS. Right. Is no, no, we're we're, done. we're not doing any kind of, you know, vague third, pi- actual third pillar bullshit. Like with it, this is the D, with the DS is it. And, uh, we're dropping that hard. And, uh, and, and of course also it's very, you know, around the same time as mother three. Um which, you know, would probably I again why wouldn't it show up on the Japanese app? But yeah, that obviously is not very playable without a translation which um, you know, there's a fan translation that has been for years. there was a retroactive use of the fan translation many years yeah. ago. But um yeah, I don't know what the odds are of Nintendo deploying uh, you know, a secretly localized um uh, Mother Three uh translation. Uh, in that way, uh, but you, know, you kind of think if they had done that, they'd want to monetize it more aggressively than just putting it on NSO oh, expansion yeah. pack. Hmm.
0: I uh, I've made a huge mistake going through this list. Um, I was really excited that like oh DK King of Swing that needs to go, um, but I had it sorted by NA games released in NA. Mm. What I should have done is I should have sorted it, and I did that because anything that was N.A. Pal, N.A. Pal, J.P., N.A. was listed first, so that gave me everything that made it to North America. Um, I should have sorted it so Pal was listed first. So this, these basically end up being games that are were only released in the Pal region on GBA, and it <laughs> is there aren't a lot of them, but there's some absolute banger titles here, including Go! Exclamation point, Go! Exclamation point, Beckham! Exclamation point, Adventure on Soccer Island.
1: Yeah, that I'm was a, a
0: thing. I mean, Johnny
1: talked about that once uh, in some contest. I can't remember what. I've, I've never uh, had the pleasure myself. It's, uh,
0: uh, seemingly, it's like more interesting than you'd think, considering. It looks like it was a game about a cartoon and they slapped his name on it which it sounds might plausible be. Well, I'd it? like
2: to imagine that it's a go-go Coco uh, but with uh, David Beckham in it
0: <laughs> yeah. no, I mean just,
2: sure kind of a, a Pac-Man like but it's David Beckham
1: no, it's like instead of the the setup in Cocopolo is love like, it's a cat and then you know he pisses things off and then they chase him it's mm-hmm. just oh David Beckham has been sent off in a knockout <laughs> game of a world cup and now there's a bunch of pissed off England fans chasing him that, that's what I'm
0: imagining <laughs> oh there's apparently an Inspector Gadget cart racing game that only <laughs> came out in PAL, which I, I I need to know every like I can't find anything else about it. I need to know everything. So,
1: but the, the, just the 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 absolute least likely stuff to make any kind oh, of yeah. comeback. The real micro
2: impossibility. I think it's, uh, it's a little bit bit uh, in bad taste to have a game with Mat- Matthew Broderick at the wheel of a car, but okay.
0: Oh... Uh,
1: ah. Uh. um, I mean, for some people, he will always be there, Inspector Gadget.
0: you can't really deny that. Hmm. I don't. I don't think that's a true statement. Actually, (laughs) some people. You know, I I think that's untrue. Um, there's apparently a game about. I, I don't. I don't know what this Hugo license is, but I'm guessing this is. This looks uh, uh, horrifyingly European. Is probably the way I would describe it. It is, uh, it is like a, like a fairy sized individual riding on a. Go kart that's also a ladybug. This this looks very con. This looks. I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and say this looks extremely French. Mm.
1: Well, Uh, I mean, one thing I'll say as well, just from my time playing the uh, the games on there. You know, I said mainly Minish Cap and Superstar Saga. Is that you know definitely and also just kind of cross referencing with uh, some of the coverage online. (laughs) (laughs) The um, it does seem like the the emulation is pretty on. You know, with this, um, it, it, it's, you would have kind of hoped so in a lot of ways because M2 did the emulation for the Wii U virtual console and that was really solid. Um but I assume they didn't use that because all the NSO right. stuff is with that uh the European research group or whatever, the the Nerd acronym. <laughs> uh, yes. But so they probably did like do it again. So you do wonder like how well is it gonna turn out. I mean certainly like gay boy, gay boy colour. I mean you would've hoped they had that sort of down after the virtual console um you know but it, it every, all the sort of reports uh, are, you know the people that actually put this thing through its paces suggest it's you know uh Scores well when it comes to accuracy, and certainly just for the play experience, uh, I haven't noticed anything amiss. Which you know, certainly in contrast to you know, a, a bit with the N64 stuff, where oh. you know it does seem like that was not as ready for prime time. Now, of course, N64 emulation is more complicated. I mean, it always has right. been, but on the other hand, again, they were doing N64 emulation and mostly quite well on Wii. <laughs> A long time ago. So um, you know, it's it, 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 that. It's another reason why it's already talked about just how sort of peculiar it is that these portable games are coming so late in the sequence. Where it's another thing that reinforces that. So it's like, yeah, this emulation is like absolutely rock solid, can't really poke many holes in it. But you know, they went instead of you know kind of launching the expansion pack with GBA. And then having like Game Boy for the non-expansion pack people. No, no, let's launch it with N64, which was never very popular in Japan. Not that popular anywhere. And, uh, we haven't really got the emulation down that
0: tight. They, they had to get, they had to get that 007 license out. That was the, that was the vector. Like, yeah.
1: And then that ended up coming like a year later than it was meant to. I, I, <laughs>
0: it's all a bit oh.
1: ill-fated and just peculiar sequencing but yeah just another reason why it's just like could could this have been you know uh a, a, a bit earlier but i'm glad it's here now and you just kind of like again that's the other thing we already mentioned about like the pacing on this stuff it's like well you know how long how long have we got before we're gonna start thinking about another system or let, let's get this gba stuff roll it because there's uh there's lots of uh good stuff for people to discover and uh you know just give them give them a chance
0: there are Mm -hmm. so many gba games that only came out in the pal region based on people writing comic uh, writing comics starting in the 60s in a germanic language of some description or another german dutch Swedish. It's like what is what is happening? Why are there so many of these? And like wow, I I want to know. I want to know what these games are when they're like, "Okay, we're going to make a game. We're only going to release it in Germany about Maya the Bee." Like, yeah, sure. Like there's oh, that game must be terrible. There's no way any effort went in. I'm so excited. Mm. We're never going to get it. We're not going to get it. But we did get uh we did get Game Boy games as well. We really haven't talked we about did. that much much yet. Um, I did want to dive in a little bit. So I think we've all gotten through six golden coins at this point. <laughs> sure.
2: doesn't take think, long.
0: No, I think it took me about an hour. Um, I haven't played that game since it was pretty much new. Uh, I, I, I liked it more than I think you did Guillaume, but mostly cause it's just, it's got a lot of neat. Uh, it's, it's one of those games that I'd classify as it had a lot of ideas.
3: Um,
0: mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it's little things like the fact that the gravity's different on the moon in a Mario game would have been unthinkable until really like Odyssey, right? Uh, like even even Galax. Uh galaxy, like, the the planets didn't really have different gravity. No, they? and
1: obviously you had the whole thing of, like, oh, it's like slingshotting from one planetoid to another, and, and right. then you had those like mm-hmm. stars, you know, that with you sort of clicked on with the pointer that dragged you, like, fr- through space. Wow. And they, they yeah. had a lot of different sort of takes on like physics and gra but not so much like, yeah, this is... Because I guess the problem is a lot of it, like, you had these really small planetoids, Right, so it's like well, surely the gravity on them would be like virtually nothing. They're tiny, right. you know. So it's like to develop some sort of consistent, like okay, well, no, the bigger platforms have more gravity. Just would have it would it would have been too difficult to do that, like on, on any kind of consistent basis.
0: Well, the playtesting would have been a nightmare. Um, I, I I appreciate that game a lot. Um, I don't know that I need needed to play it, but. I'm glad it's there. Uh I'm I'm honestly I'm it even though its importance is unquestionable um I'm kind of surprised given the difficulty of that license that the Tetris was there.
3: Yeah, I get it. It's can't, funny
0: because the on the Wii, no, on the 3DS
2: you can buy the uh the DX version or you could at some point yeah they, they
1: definitely had the original like black and white for a time but then it there must have been a license you know kind of they did the deal for when virtual console was you know starting on 3 ds uh and it was probably like for five years or something and then mm. that was it you know you had a few of those on on Wii as well, like the Donkey Kong country games, I believe like they were like it was for the first five years it was there and then it was gone so i I'm assuming that was yeah the the uh terms of that so yeah for the last quite a few years now you can't go to the obviously you can't won't be able to go to the three D S eShop at all like in a month's time, <laughs> but uh you yeah, know, for the past several years you haven't been able to go and get that version of Tetris. Um so it's kinda nice that it's come back, but also demonstrates the fact they must have jumped through some hoops to get it there. So it's it's right. kind of interesting that they did, but I guess it's it is like you said, it's the historic element, I would have thought.
0: Yeah, I mean it's it's the game that launched the system. But at the same time like it it is notoriously difficult to um to license in a consistent way like i i assume i assume like they're going to have to deal with the pokemon question because you can't even like i i would not have launched this service if i didn't already have a deal in hand to release the pokemon games because it, it's it's you may as well just say, like, we're not doing the the platform.
1: Oh, sure. Although, I mean, that, of course, the history of it is interesting because they showed up on Virtual Console, maybe in, you know, uh, red and blue and yellow and then right. uh, gold, silver, crystal Um, um way later. Than everything else, like the 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 ship had largely sailed on Virtual Console on 3ds by the time they got around to those games, and they actually had link cable support. They actually yes. did replicate the multiplayer, which I mean, I guess you kind of had to do uh, for it to still be meaningfully Pokemon. <laughs> and you know, I maybe that's why they were so late in coming. Because as, again, I don't know, I've repeated myself, but this this is why you know this this nintendo switch online game boy kind of always seemed like such a obvious gap to fill because again when they did virtual console or 3ds they didn't have multiplayer forget online they just didn't have multiplayer at all it, you, it, oh. the, the only games that had that were those pokemon games that came later but again as you kind of suggested there they did come later so it was some sort of you know Accommodated something you got re- reached you know, later on. Here, uh, I think you'd want it a lot more quickly. We'll see. Uh, Pokemon Day is going to be happening like right after this episode comes out. So
0: who knows? And they we- have a they have an announcement thing, a Pokemon whatever. Uh, Yes, a a,
1: a broadcast uh, uh, has has become, you know, kind of customary, I think, since probably, what, the 20th anniversary one in 16. They always have, like, a direct broadcast on Pokemon Day. So, yeah, maybe they'll be saying something. I mean, some eagle-eyed people noticed that, like, an N60, when they have a video that um, kind of goes through the virtues of the expansion pack and they have um a video of the i think pokemon stadium uh, mm. as as something that's coming down the line uh previous versions of that video had a disclaimer saying oh you know you, cu- you won't be able to transfer pokemon to this the way you could with the original game which has subsequently been removed oh but now you- you could rereading too much into that it could be right. some sort of incompetence mm. or anything. I don't know, but you know, it's clearly with the launch then of the game boy games on NSO, people's minds are bigger. Could we actually have, you know, integration of the game boy games with the n64 games uh that that would certainly be cool and it would certainly be something you know that we've not seen before that's kind of essentially uh transfer pack kind of uh emulation uh but um i'm not i'm not counting my chickens on that yet but it'd be cool
0: uh that would be that would make that combination worthwhile because without that like Pokemon Stadium, yeah, it's got some, it's got some okay mini games, and yeah, you can use rental Pokemon, but it's just not that interesting. Uh, By the my way, team, yeah. oh. go ahead. No, I, I think I
2: invented a memory when I said that T- Tetris DX had been available. I'm not finding any evidence of that online. Well, let, I don't well, think well, so.
1: Whatever, it wasn't delisted like the 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 old <laughs> one.
2: Well, Wikipedia doesn't seem to think it was. I don't um, think it yeah, was. Yeah, because they no. usually
1: do say if something was on there but was delisted. They yeah, don't like uh, well, and yeah.
2: Tetris is the one that they list, but not Tetris DX. So I think that maybe Tetris was on the service and I wished for Tetris, Tetris DX so much that I. I invented the, the memory. Cause that, that was, that, I got that it. was another,
1: like, they, they did it again, right? It was just like, okay, with GBC, with we, we've got to have Tetris at launch. Like, you it was, right. uh, so it's kind of a significant game in GBC history, which is this right. brief. From what I remember,
2: go. from what I remember, like, it had the uh, saves, which was the big difference, like, ah. to, you know, but now that I'm looking at pictures of it, I don't think maybe I've never played it. So maybe I'm making <laughs> everything up. Like, I've never touched. Nice. Tetris DX.
0: Maybe you're the replicant.
1: Yeah, well, well like, you know, the, that that new memory technology to make replicants think they're actually human. I mean, it's the new hotness, so that's, that's mm-hmm. probably... If there's an origami tetramino somewhere, you know, you're fucked.
2: Right. I remember uh, it was my birthday, and I was nine, and I don't know. It's, it's been too long since
1: I've seen it. And Tetris was in colour. Very mm. many tiny tetraminos came out of a spider sack. <laughs> <laughs>
0: You remember the Tetraminos were in color, but why are you holding a gray slate Game Boy?
1: Yeah, it doesn't add up, doesn't
0: mm. it doesn't add up. Oh. God damn. There we go. The the case is now wide open. Um I, in terms of other games that I poked around like we we could talk through them. Like I played a lot of Tetris on there already, like a ton. I don't need to play Link's Awakening again.
3: I played, I, game I like, played wow. it
0: a lot, yeah, including the remake. But it, it, yeah. it should absolutely be there. That's got oh, yeah. to be oh, it there. Sh- but, it should yeah. absolutely be there. But like, not, I've played it five times and the remake. It's so not something good.
1: that yeah, it was top of the list for me playing it. But yeah.
0: I mean, it's, it's I beat t- most of the remake on a four hour flight because of how familiar I am. With that <laughs> <game>. <laughs> yeah. Stone Cold Classic.
1: Oh, that does remind me though of something that I had kind of maybe like had faded from my memory with regard to Minish Cap, which like I guess I had played more recently than like Superstar Soccer. Um, uh, you know, I like, I played it, I can remember playing it on my Game Boy Micro, which I didn't even get till 07 ish again just really cheap in that phase of, like, GBA stuff that was overproduced in Japan once the mm-hmm. DS swallowed everything. Uh But I'd forgotten, like, it, you know, obviously yeah, the GBA doesn't have that many more buttons than the GBC
0: and the original no, it's, cable. It's got two shoulder buttons. It's got the two it, shoulder right. buttons,
1: right? So it's like, okay, yeah. R oh, is used in Minish Cap as a context-sensitive button, very much like A was used in Ocarina of Time and Majora's Mask. So, okay. And I thought, like, what, what does L do? And then it doesn't seem to do anything except fuse key ki- kinstones. <laughs> I I I'm completely just a loss. Like I I have to play further in to see if that changes. But it's like okay, so you you know you've got it's not. So bad as, as, you know, Link's Awakening, so limited as Link's Awakening was in terms of, yep, yeah, you've got this context sensitive button to do some things that otherwise, you know, might be involve you, like having to switch an item that's on A or B, the face buttons. But then you've just got this left shoulder button that's just most of the time there doing nothing when you've got so many items, uh, you know, that you end up getting eventually, you know, you build them up as in, you know, most of the games uh, and and it's just like yeah like because that's the one of the only drawbacks on ever level at Links Awakening is just you know it's fiddly changing items all the time and that was, obviously the remake addressed that because he has got way more buttons but Minish Cat having a couple of extra buttons so it was never you know, never going to be like completely uh, like you had a huge range of them but it, I, I was just shocked that they seemed to have left the L button so um, kind of unused but i'd have to play deeper to really verify that
0: i uh I, I the only other thing i've poked at i i should i should have played alone in the dark because it's the one that feels the most like why are you here
1: i I looked at some mm-hmm. video of it it's kind of fascinating this like you know kind of uh you know resident evil you know which obviously is a little bit you know sort of snaking in its own tail, isn't it because that it presumably had, you know, was somewhat inspired by Alone in the Dark. Um, right. But, uh, like, and then this kind of came after Resident Evil got popular. So it's, like I said, a bit one and the other, but looking at it, like trying to do that kind of like, you're changing from the fixed perspectives, uh, mm-hmm. on the gay
0: Boy Color.
3: <laughs> it's, it's, <laughs> like a,
0: it's really ambitious and kind of it- interesting. <laughs> I don't know if I'm the person who originally said this, but I might be stealing it from somebody by accident. It very much reminds me of, uh, those tiger electronic ports of PlayStation games. (laughs) Uh, But, but obviously on the game boy color where there's more power, it's just like, okay, you did it. You definitely made this thing. I don't know if that was a good idea, but you, you got it on the system somehow. Um, I guess I should probably look at it, because, like, you go compare that to, like, Turok Rage Wars on the Game Boy Color, and that looks like an 8-bit game. Yeah, there was there was a
1: side-scroll, maybe it was two, like, there was, yeah, I remember there was a Cheer rock Game Boy Color side-scroll of some description yeah. that apparently has, like, awesome music, I and mean, it was on Radio Trivia once or something, but it was very, <laughs> and we've talked about this before, like, you know, European computer composer gets their hands uh-huh. on the Game Boy hardware and goes
0: nuts with it like <laughs> <laughs> uh it, i i i guess i should play this just to see just to well, know. i mean
2: it, it is there yeah i mean I, uh, speaking of things that were there i played some of uh game and watch collection 3 oh me too yeah i and, i and uh, my, my your goal conclusion well my my goal was to play like the classic version and then the updated version uh, i I kind of stopped that after the first three games uh because it was just too much game and watch for me already <laughs> um, I, uh,
0: my my conclusion was I agree that it is in fact there yeah and, and my my follow up to go on what I said when we did the direct episode it probably shouldn't be um it's It's just not good. Like that's the thing. Like it's, it, it is was, a good. It,
2: it was good at the time, but like I, we, we I, didn't have it? as many time wasters as we do now. Like I, I think that there was kind of a a market back then for uh, a game that you can just quote unquote pick up and play. Like something even more simplistic than uh, your
0: usual Game Boy game. I, I mean, I I someone in my house had this game because I remember it, but. The thing is, these games are so the, the pretty much every game and watch game is in many ways more simple than a lot of WarioWare, like micro games. Yeah, and this has five of them and calls it a day. And it's like, okay, we're out. Bye, peace. Uh, you've got you can unlock more. Just uh, keep
2: playing these games over and over.
0: The box says five, and if there's more in there, that's a lie, and I want money back.
2: Well, they've got five updated versions along with the classic versions, but then you can unlock uh, some more um, the, the, without the the, the the updated versions. You can says, unlock Flagman, Judge, Lion, Spitball Sparky, oh and God. Uh, Donkey Kong 2.
0: God damn it. I, I know, yeah, right? I, uh I'm going to pass. I'm going to pass on playing Game & Watch Gallery 3 ever again.
3: Yeah, I played think- those
1: games a fair bit uh, on Virtual Console when they were, I think they were like cheap or I don't know it was Club Nintendo discounts or something, you know, so it, it, I had them back then and it, they are what they are, you know what you get in this score chase stuff and it's not even like particularly advanced score chase stuff again. <laughs> it, it, the 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 modernized version with the Mario characters and all that are A, you know, more interested to look at and B, like, they have more nuance in the gameplay, but it's still, you mm-hmm. know, re- really, you know, elemental kind of stuff, you know. It's, it's very, very simplistic, but, you know, it, yeah, it's a particular kind of gameplay that, um, you know, was much more Suited to that time, you know, where it, it, nowadays it's very limited. But again, I'm, I'm glad that they're. There. I don't know whether they'll kind of do the GBA one, which had like kind. It would be another case of rendering a lot of them a bit redundant because it has so many. Oh, they right. cover so many of the ones that were covered in the previous three on the Game Boy sort of family, but uh, they might. Uh, I, I, so that, that, you could, maybe that's a reason to wait. <laughs> but yeah, uh, again, a lot of people probably aren't even going to go. You know, uh, might not even go a million miles of it in the first place, and if they do, it might be very brief. But uh, again, that's you know, what uh, you know. Kind of these subscription services allow, I think, is uh, for people to explore something they otherwise wouldn't. And maybe there'll be some that actually find it's a little, you know, a particular one that's a little bit more addictive than they might have imagined.
2: <laughs> and uh, the other game that I played uh, more of than I thought I would is Warrior Land Three which my favorite wario land title is still the the first one outside of maybe shake it um but but i yeah 3 i remembered when i um played it on 3ds uh kind of being annoyed at how slowly you gain uh, wario's powers mm. and uh i didn't think that it was such a great change you know after warrior land two where you start with all the powers and like you're you're free to do what you want uh immediately to to go to this kind of restrictive um uh game design um it it just annoyed me Uh, and also like the fact that the game allowed you to go back to uh previous levels and and then not have anything new happen in there like you, you didn't necessarily have anything more to do uh really annoyed me but this time i i again and i think i make this mistake every time that i start warrior and three i'm too eager to revisit levels and then i realize <laughs> after i play like through five or six of them that okay the game tells you uh that something new can be accessed in some yeah. of the levels by by making the little dot on the map uh shine um and then you have to remember That they did that. (laughs) That's Uh, true,
1: but there's yeah some some sort of prompt. It's not just like yeah, just keep trying all of them until you find something. Like yeah, there's a little bit of guides there, but I would have thought one of the really premium additions to this experience would be when you're fighting a boss and you could just rewind rather than after we've talked about this quite a lot of times with the sort of immortal wario kind of Mm -hmm. game design is that uh, you know on the one hand it's kind of uh you know refreshingly kind of progressive for its day of like you don't have to be beholden to like arcade notions of yeah just kill them and make it harder make the game that's not that substantial last longer. But there were narrow cases where the fact that Warrior doesn't die is actually more annoying than if you did just die and restarted at a checkpoint because yes. you've got to like worm your way all the way back to a boss room. But yeah, you know, mm-hmm. with it with because this has not just save states but rewind uh like the NES and Super NES games do. Then yeah, they just like that. Just go rewind back to the uh, the beginning of the battle, or you know, just load a save state to the beginning of the battle, whatever's more convenient or whatever. And uh, yeah, take some of that fat out, basically, and uh, that that would um, you know help. Uh, I think uh, one of the the rough edges kind of uh, come off for these games.
0: Like I had to, didn't play Wario Land three in the moment, so I like I know I know about the game. I know what it is. Mm-hmm. um and I've played it before but I didn't play it at the time um but like my if for whatever reason pretty much all of my memory of how to play that game was erased and I cannot for the life of me like, I like I just got stuck in it. Like I I know I I've, I've heard myself talking about this game before, but like I just got incredibly frustrated with it cuz I got this period of like I would I would miss I would miss the uh, like you're on fire and you have to get all the way back and like the timing is really tight. Like you have very little extra time to mess around with once you're on fire before you're uh, you extinguish before you get to the thing you have to burn. Um uh, figuring out where to go could be kind of difficult uh i actually spent a little bit of time with metroid 2 for no good reason um Mm -hmm. i played it it is exactly what what i remembered it to be and then i said if i want to play this game there are better ways and i stopped playing it
1: yeah yeah Uh, it's
0: hard to argue with that really um it's it's I kind of wish they hadn't included that one. Like, I understand Oh, you got to include it, but... Yeah. No, no, I mean, eventually, but not as a launch game. No,
1: like, but perhaps not as a launch game, uh, especially considering, you know, uh, you had something else for Metroid fans. Right.
0: <laughs> well, that and and direct, that game had been remade know? a few years ago as well, too. It's it's the same thing with like, with The Link's Awakening. It's like, there, there's a remake. In Link's Awakening case, that remake's on this system. Yeah. Which, which, which makes it... Like, how... All right, all right. So, if you include the GBA games and the GBS the Game Boy games, a lot of these games were already on the system in some form or another, which is interesting. I guess I just would have liked to have seen a little bit more weird stuff. Like I guess some of
1: it is also you would probably might want to hold off some things to kind of, you know, you don't want to give away the whole store up front. Sure. You know, it, it's a balancing act of like, you know, it seems like they're trying to sort of have a little bit of a cross section of history with all of these. Like you've got some really early games and then, you know, uh, some later games. And also, kind of just, like, yeah, some of the really big hitters, some of the most notable games on the catalogue, and then some yeah more obscure ones, while you hold off, like, yeah, presumably, you know, so when you get to, like, oh, look, here's, you know, the Oracle games that, that haven't yeah, been remade on Switch, like, right. that'll probably seem like a bigger deal. Uh, in some oh, ways, yeah, the Link's Awakening, you know, for instance, um, but yeah, obviously you got Minish Cap as well for, for something, you know, that hasn't, uh, been around. I mean, that's the other thing. I mean, they are two sort of somewhat separate services with the expansion pack, but you know, kind of having. You could say, well, the other Leaks away, and Minish Cap is a little bit kind of, you know, but duplicative, uh, to some extent. But yeah, they've got other the yeah, you know, they got other things up their sleeve for sure. It just you know, some of the things we've already seen, but then you know, go and going beyond that as well.
0: Here's an interesting stat for you. Um you, you said it was a nice cross section of the Game Boy's library, but it really isn't. It's the beginning and the end. So well, that's
1: true. It covers the span of time, but yeah, the middle arguably is although the middle was a bit I mean links awakenings in the middle of the act you know the original yeah. version
0: but, uh, but but so some of the, the other game- stuff
1: like it kind of it went in a lot because it like did. pokemon totally you know resurrected the the that system
0: but, I mean, there they had to have been something between 1992 and 1998 they could have included.
1: Well, League's Awakening kind of is, but, yeah, it's the 98 version that yeah, they've got in there. Six
0: um, fucking years. But it, some of that is because
1: of what happened to uh, the Game Boy. You know, it, 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 sure. d- it definitely did go into kind of a lull. But, yeah, you got some stuff like, um, you know, Mole Mania that was on Virtual Console. That's right. It this did, be a
0: great candidate. That That...
1: Presumably will come eventually because it was on virtual console. And, uh, yeah, that, that's a cool little, uh, thing that, uh, uh, yeah, Miyamoto's group was involved with. Cause of course with Game Boy, you generally tend to think of, you know, Yakoi's group. Um, but yeah, obviously Link's Awakening was a Miyamoto group thing. And, uh, so it was Malmania. Mania. Uh, I assume, you know, in, the, in the time to come, we will see you know, a lot of pretty much you know most of the first party stuff but you know, I would you know, Kid Icarus will probably be around. that would still be before 92 I think was that yeah. 91 maybe I think Kid Icarus has like some that, monsters yeah. yeah which is is almost a remake of the first one but it's you know kind of more playable uh, you know the, the the kind of mechanics are, are more kind of um, forgiving and stuff so that has some value but it is also like pretty damn familiar it's not like an entirely separate game the way that Metroid 2 is um, but I, mean- I would expect to see that.
0: Give me uh, Donkey Kong Land. That's 95. There you uh, go. Donkey
1: Kong 94 is the big one. I mean, that that's like it is. the legit game. But that's a
0: good game. But and I want Donkey Kong Land instead. No, I mean, you <laughs> want mm-hmm. to talk about things that are largely redundant. <laughs>
1: like,
0: I mean, you know... No, just...
2: but I mean, Donkey Kong Land was, uh, you know, an original game. It just uh, was well, much worse than the it's Super Nintendo one. The,
1: pro- the problem is, obviously, I mean, look, you know, I... I Actually, played through Donkey Kong Country quite recently again on NSO for the hell of it. Just because um, whenever it gets to Christmas, I, I think of DKC because that was a Christmas game back when I had mm-hmm. it, and right. uh, I, I know it well enough. And it's kind of you know to like breeze through most of it very quickly and stuff. And you know. You play it and, uh, I wouldn't say, you know, it's like, uh, it doesn't have any virtues outside of its graphics, but it's really fucking leveraged on those graphics. And then oh, to yeah. say, let's take it down to a fraction of the resolution. Let's take it down to four shades of gray. I mean, it just doesn't add up. The, the, the gall of them to even do it, uh, to, to, to think, you know, look, do- I, I think that you just
2: don't know. All right, Greg, you just don't know how someone who only owns a Game Boy, how desperate.
1: Yeah, that no, was, it, we already talked about this a little bit with Super Mario Land, <laughs> uh, Super Mario Land 2 and Super Mario World, but this is very direct and very, it was just like, no, DKC is just ripping up the charts. We've got to give the people that have that demand. That you know can't satisfy it because they you know know, can't afford or their parents are not inclined to give them a Super Nintendo. We've got to monetize that with a Game Boy game, and that's what they did. Like it's it's not a literal port, you know. It's an adaptation, uh, as I understand it. Having not actually played Mm. it, but yeah, still still a very much a you know much is lost in the adaptation process. Uh, All right,
0: all right, all right. If, if that one doesn't do it for you, what about this one? Uh, Nintendo-published game, Donkey Kong Land 2. Oh, they or they
1: sure did it again, yeah. yeah, yeah. They,
2: they did it two more times. <laughs> I think that those are more... Cl- yeah, they're closer to their inspiration than Donkey Kong Land was, which had, uh, like, original worlds, if I remember correctly. Yeah, that might
0: be true. I think, I think 3 definitely is, because that one has color. I think 2 might still be kind of weird. Yeah, mm-hmm.
1: there is a color version of three, uh, but I'm trying to remember if that came out everywhere in the world or it was only some places. But yeah, it's, uh, no, uh, it, it's just, yeah, but I mean, they were already low resolution sort of gifs of pre rendered stuff, you know, to go lower with less color.
0: <laughs> it's brave. It's, that's, <laughs> it's, I mean, the one, the
1: one thing I'll say about, you know, just playing DKC recently that I kind of feel like, you know, is a little bit, um, I, sometimes I think gets forgotten about, like, relative to, because obviously it, a lot of the focus at the time was like, oh it's like it's 3D when it's not 3D. You know what I mean? Like the, the, Just the fact that the, the characters were 3D models that were then had sprites made of them. It was like, talk to it, how it was like this sort of almost 3D fakery. But the thing that the pre-rendered stuff to me really brings to the table, which when a lot of it doesn't look that hot these days, is the lighting and the atmosphere. That, that is, is actually relatively quite strong. You compare that to other games, like to traditional sprite art games on Super Nintendo when you're like underground or somewhere dark. It's much more evocative of that on the DKC because they actually could kind of light it, you know, in the workstation or whatever and then make those, you know, kind of assets. Out of it, and it just, it actually seems like, yeah, well, now we're underground, now we're, you know, kind of, uh, you know, in a, in a cave, or whatever. Whereas, like, I don't know, like Super Mario World Underground, I mean, the, the little, like, what they do with the sound is quite funny, like adding right. the echo. echo. But, yeah. like, the actual visuals is just like, this is a phenomenally well lit. Underground, you know, it's not very evocative of actually being underground. It's just like a slightly dark blue, you know, like it, it really doesn't kind of convey it the way that DKC did. And, and that's, that was, you know, kind of see, I'm sure it must seem desperately quaint now, but it, that was actually impressive back then. It's just this feeling of like the, 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 of like outdoors and indoors or underground actually having this palpable difference in lighting none of which would have come across in donkey kong land is, is the real point
0: yeah but but you you could know it's there emotionally if you read, <laughs> maybe, maybe they could write it in the instruction book imagine there's very good lighting i hate here. i
1: hate to take a leaf out of sega's book but if you picked up a bit of roadkill and
0: hit yourself over the head <laughs> until you, <laughs> oh, you started spinning yeah then you, you could see it we're, we're on to something now we're cooking um. All right. Let's let's move on. Um. We didn't plan to spend this much time on it, but that's okay. Greg, you've been uh, also playing some Bayonetta I
1: have. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously. I mean, I've played plenty more Metroid, but kind of maybe leave that uh, for another time to kind of uh, finish up on that completely. But yeah. Otherwise, um, if, I did also play the demo for Kirby's Return to Dreamland Deluxe. Uh, which, um, you know, not a lot of surprises there, as you'd imagine. It's, uh, just, uh, been, you know, kind of, uh, had another, another pass on the graphics that included the, the sort of outlines on the characters, which, um, I guess it reminds me mostly of Super Mario, I'm sorry, Super Smash Brothers for 3DS. Like it's <laughs> it's kind of a little bit random because like it, there was a really obvious like um, maybe imperative is a little strong, but you know there, there was a real benefit in that because you know what Smash Brothers is like? It's pretty fucking nuts, and um, with all the stuff going on, the camera having you know, to like zoom out when you know people are getting launched or stuff is happening in a distant part of the state. So, those stronger, darker outlines on the characters to just help you keep track on a small screen, like, if that made sense. Yeah, it's a little bit less clear, like, on the screen, the size of the Switch and a game as relatively kind of, uh, under control as a Kirby game. I know Kirby and Smash Brothers are, you know, quite deeply related, but, you know, like, the, the level of chaos is not that comparable so it's kind of interesting that i guess it is more of an aesthetic choice than it is a functional one of like keeping track of kirby and all that. Although i suppose you know with multiplayer you know you could be when you have four people on screen at once it could get a bit more interesting but i don't think they ever did anything like that for star allies which was already you know a multiplayer side scroller on of kirby on switch so I don't it's kind think so. Of, it, is, it is a little bit of an interesting choice, but it's it looks nice. I, it, I'm just kind of what I speculate about the, the motivations. So. But yeah, it's a, a, a naturally. I've played. I, you know, for anybody who doesn't, know, I've played the game before. I like it. It kind of helped really kind of get me into traditional Kirby. It was really kind of Kirby's playing the Virtual Console of Kirby's Adventure. Kind of led me to getting that one. And then I had that one. I really liked it. So then when, you know, triple deluxe showed up, I had that and I liked that even more. And then when Robobot showed up, I liked that even more again. So yeah, that kind of, it was an important part of getting me on the sort of the path to like, yeah, you know, traditional Kirby. It's, you know, very gentle in a lot of ways and stuff, but it is interesting enough to enjoy as a fan of side scrolling platformers. You know, it might not be you know, crazy, like, hard or, like, replete with set pieces like a, you know, Tropical Freeze or something. But there's 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 more than enough to enjoy there with, like, some cleverly hidden things. And, you know, they they always go, like, crazy at the end of Kirby games. I always enjoy how massive the climaxes go and stuff. So I've certainly enjoyed it. I do wonder, if I were to go back to it now, though, we've had Triple Deluxe. We've had rubber bot, where, how, whether it would cause I said, I felt at the time that each one of those improved significantly, especially with respect to the whole thing of like in, uh, return to dreamland, you've got these like ultra powers where it's like one of the copy abilities, you get this big, Sort of, you know, screen filling version of it that is actually like a certain part of the level. You know, if you kind of do it right in the in quickly enough, you'll get like some of the you know effectively star coin equivalents. Um, you know, the those kind of or ship parts or whatever they are spheres. I forget exactly the terminology, but you know, like it's almost like a a little section of the level. It's not critical to completing it entirely a lot of the time. But, you know, it's just like if you do it well enough, you get some of the kind of um, extra completion sort of elements. But then in the sequel, you know, well, yeah, pretty much a sequel, Triple Deluxe, like you had the Kirby with the like, – like he just inhaled everything or something. Like He became – his suction was more powerful and that let him do more things. And then Robobot, it's the mech. And it really was like when they got to the Mech in Robot, it was like, Oh, they've they've really cracked it this time. This is you know where you occasionally get this thing, which is like a different way of playing for a bit. That was the one that really felt like they nailed it. This is fun. It's different. It kind of weirdly takes things away from Kirby, but it's also powerful in its own right. Like they've really sort of perfected it. And you're yeah, going back to the Ultra Powers thing. I don't know. How well that would come off. But I guess a lot of the, and of course, a lot of the difference between the Wii game and the 3DS games was that, you know, the Wii game was a console game was more about local multiplayer. And of yeah. course, you know, uh, the, the 3DS games weren't. And uh, yeah, I'm not, they haven't added online to it as far as I know. I don't think yeah, there's really anything online apart from maybe some score stuff for the Magalore, Magoland mini games. Um, which is a bit, is a missed opportunity. I mean, they added online. To 3D world, you know, like I'm, I'm sure it could have been done. I mean, I'm also sure it probably would have been ugly at times. But uh, you, know, I, I don't, I, you know, the ideal case would always be local. But you know, it seems a little bit of a shame. But yeah, I, I'm not sure how well it would hold up. But on the other hand, I'm kind of, would kind of be open to go back to it at some point. Um, you know, given. Looking at the reviews seems to have, uh, you know, been uh, quite favorably received. And I, I know I like it. it was, uh, I certainly enjoyed it at the time, but you're yeah, probably not just now. So uh, I've got, I still haven't got around Star Allies for that matter, which uh, also was, you know, uh, reviewed pretty well and uh, it has a pretty similar sort of goals as this one. Uh, but yeah, I, I guess we talk about Bayonetta 3 a bit because I haven't actually done it on New Business. It got into the, the yes. top games of last year, but you know, just right as that was sort just of bad timing. happening. Yeah. So yeah, I, I mean, since then I've played it a bit more. Um, really just like, I'm close to doing all the main chapters on, um, the highest difficulty the infinite climax i believe it's called uh yeah. <laughs> which um i i would not be able to get anywhere in that if i didn't have all the health pickups like right. it, the, the, the the attacks especially for latter bosses, hit incredibly hard so even if you've got everything like you, you don't necessarily have that many hits uh to play with and i guess that t- t- takes me to one of the things i wanted to bring up that i don't think i really touched on you know just doing the quick overall view in the top five which is that i found it a lot easier uh to find, like, the, the, the extra, like, pickups and the extra, like, battles. You know, in, in Bayonetta, the battle sequences are referred to as verses. And, you know, like, some of them are ones that you have to do. To complete the level and some of them are just like hidden. Well, not even always that hidden. They're just kind of there, but you have to go there to activate them. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and some of them are in that challenge format where you just warp to like the dimensional rift or whatever. And you know, it's like uh, completely abstracted from what's going on in the main story and it'll be just like some kind of you know beat a few enemies in a set time or like beat an enemy beat the enemies while maintaining a constant combo or you know like requirement stuff Um but like all of those whatever sort they were like were just way more like discoverable I felt like in this Bayonetta 3 than they were in the previous two probably especially than in Bayonetta 1 because Bayonetta 1 in particular as I recall been a while but it was very based on like we've got the kind of preset camera angles you know can really go go back to um you know the devil may cry kind of heritage of the bayonetta games of you right. know you've which itself was like a weird offshoot of resident evil So, like, the preset camera angles were kind of a big thing there, and it carried over somewhat to uh, to Bayonetta 1. And it's like, okay, so, yeah, there's like, uh, extra battle that's just hidden, if, like, off the camera, and if you jumped up Like you know, to somewhere where you didn't even necessarily know you'd be able to go. Like there'd be one, or there'd be a chest there that had a health pickup in it and stuff. And it's just like some of that was kind of fun and and clever, you know, like amusing that they hid stuff there, but. It just led to a lot of the time when I was playing it back then, like, you, you'd you get to the end, and it's like, there's, like, five battles I didn't do. Where the fuck were they? <laughs> just,
3: yeah. You know,
1: you'd go back and try and comb things, like, really thoroughly, and you'd get some of them, but then still some were missing. Like, it was just, like, really kind of too obscure. And I think some of it was because some of them were very sequence-dependent. It was okay, well, yes... Is in this place, but you have to like go backwards at a particular time. Otherwise, like if you go, back, if you want to explore back later, like the level has changed, and then you can't go back to that place anymore, or something like it, it, they, it was. It was very linear, but you know, and 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 so the way they had to hide things was in these like really weird little sort of sequential nooks and crannies, and the yeah, and just. It took a lot longer for me to actually see all the battles in the game, find all the pickups and stuff. With this, there was one verse in the whole game where I just, I had to look up. Cause it's like, I've beaten them all. There's what? Where the fuck is this one? I've combed everywhere. Where is it? And it's kind of amusingly nicely hidden. Um, exactly in the room that I thought it was, but they, they, they kept it from me. But you know, like mo- most of it is kind of relatively easy to find. It's, it's this more open design that they've adopted basically you know it is much less about these like really confined areas in a kind of almost like essentially like a corridor whether it actually looks like a corridor or not um you know it now it's much more open and you know it's kind of more to explore but it's also easier to find stuff like that that is the kind of weird uh uh, sort of almost contradictory thing that you find, and I, uh, broadly speaking, I kind of like that. I, ju- I just like the fact that there's kind of a more uh transparent exploration element to it. I mean, even like the you get like they were in the past, there was just like achievements like finding those birds, and now you've got three of those things in each level, which is like a bird, a frog, and a cat. And again, I've pretty much found all of those without having to go drive myself mad. Whereas I've I've never found all of those in in, certainly Bayonetta 1, but I don't think even in 2, which I played a lot of. And again, just like, I don't know, there's something more natural, uh, something that appeals to my brain, you know, my sense of exploration or the way they kind of breadcrumb you along to certain things with those like um, currency, like fungi or whatever they are. Like, that, that appear Mm. in the level. Like, it just, um, I don't know, the, 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 the whole openness of the environments is kind of, I was wondering about it. Like, what are we actually getting out of this? Because as I kind of did mention in the top five stuff, there's elements of it that you feel like we're paying a price for this with the technical, like, it's, there's just more kind of jank and less visual quality than two. And you know largely because like they've blown up the scale and made the environments more open, and so you wonder like is this worth it you know like is is this a good trade off and I mean you could still you know kind of uh list some downsides about it, like like the are uh, definitely the visual quality and stuff, but in terms of um and you know the kind of exploration stuff and element you know platform with elements of bayonet it goes it's never like the real strong suit it's not you know what you're there for, so you could argue what's you know really important about improving those things which are like you know kind of relatively sort of there in a something of a filler capacity and all that but i definitely i do feel like those elements work better i was able to get all the there's still one pickup i don't have god knows where it is i'm not sure if i'll ever look at it but it's like a, a magic container essentially um just one but yeah without having to go absolutely mad on it you know just relatively transparent intuitive kind of places that things are hidden is good uh, and then i think you know the battle system obviously there's this big emphasis on the giant demons coming in and yeah it's like well what it, what is that adding to it um other than just the sort of visual kind of uh Pizzazz of like, yeah, he is like a ridiculously huge thing fighting another ridiculously huge thing while you're down, you know, fighting things your size. Like it's a kind of amusing thing to look at uh, at times, but again, it kind of takes a toll. But I think where it really comes into its own for me, having played a lot of it, more of it now, is that it gives you a lot more options for like keeping combos going. Like that is like one of the core elements of all these platinum games. Is always like, well, you get get rated on how well you know it's not just did you beat the battle like what grade did you get obviously like beautiful joe the top grade was beautiful and then you know and um bayonetta it's pure platinum and you always you know it's not just how quickly do you do it and how much damage you take but it's that combo element of like did you keep doing stuff constantly and that's where being able to summon the demons is like it's another way to keep these going because you're kind of sometimes you know if you do like some big attack and like finish off one enemy or send it absolutely flying if they're all the way on the other side of the kind of area that you're battling and as i said these are bigger areas now to accommodate the, the, the giant demons that you summon. So all of a sudden it's like, well, how do I, you know, you, you are far away from the action. You can kind of shoot at them a bit sometimes to keep it going for a bit, but. It, is, it does feel more interesting than that now. Rather than just like, oh, let me just do some kind of chip damage to keep this going, it's like no, I'll summon in you know the giant spider and do a crazy flying tail attack to take care of that enemy, and then I'll go over here and take care of that enemy, and just like there's there's I don't know there's more options, uh, especially like the the weapons now, like they kind of. She this whole demon masquerade thing like she takes on the properties of the weapons and the demon associated with them so there's a little bit of gremlins too about this in that we get spider bayonetta and we get frog bayonetta we get all, <laughs> all these sort of variants of her but like it's they all have these like different mobilities these different uh, um animations and stuff and it's amazing how much work's gone into them considering I think a lot of people are just going to key in on their favorite weapons and not really use them that much, you know, but I guess at least there is a you know, quite a range of choice for like what v- your favorite is going to be. But I think a lot of them just control like they like I said, they have their own way because like the frog is predictably like really, really bouncy, but kind of slow. The spider is like really fast and has like a web slinging thing. Um, you know, mm-hmm. some of the really powerful weapons like the version associated with them is like the of that uh, bayonet is like predictably slow but like they, they just i remember playing bayonet 1 and you get like was it the panther within or whatever for like dashing and that thing like is yeah you could go fast but it controlled like shit I mean like the bits oh, where yeah. you had to, had to like jump from one thing to another it was like a mirror and, and in those like QTE type events where like if you fucked it up you actually died straight away like which thankfully I mean I think Bayonetta 2 got rid of a lot of that but certainly it's gone by now but like that, they, that was like the one mode of dashing and it didn't control that well. Whereas this has like tons of them and I think they all control better than that did. It's, uh, I feel like that is impressive in itself and just like the range of, of options you've got. I guess it's quite a change in that like before you had like a set of weapons for your hands and a set of weapons for your legs. And now you don't have that. Like you, a weapon is just like, you know, uh, covers everything, but then you can, uh, f- switch between two different sets on the fly with a tap of the shoulder button. But I mean, you could do that before, but it was, you know, like a, a, a flipping a, a set rather than, you know, kind of, um, with here, where it's just you flipping from one weapon to the other. But you've got so much other versatility with the summoning the demons and, uh, you know, the way that, uh, physical characteristics change that you, I, I didn't really miss that at all. I kind of felt like, even though, like, I enjoyed some of the combinations you can make in previous games that way, I felt like it balanced out pretty well. There's just, you, you really do not lack for options. It's, it's, it's dizzying how many options there are and just the weird little edge cases in there. Like the various, like, kaiju type demons you could, I mean, like, I tended to summon the spider a lot because it's smaller. So it fucks with the camera less. But, like, some of them are just so ridiculous, like, obviously, yeah, the Madama butterfly is basically just giant bayonetta, so she's kind of orthodox, you know, that's kind of easy to grasp. One of them is a giant clock tower. Like, it's so... It's so... So (laughs) bizarre. You summon a clock tower that has giant metal mech arms that come out from the bottom. Okay, right, right, I'm
0: I'm back. I'm back.
1: It's like something out of fucking Leighton. (laughs) And but also like it has as like its special attack the ability for you to get in the witch mech suits from two and fuck them up with that like it, it's so versatile there's so much there it, it's just, I, I've played it for a long time and I don't feel like I've got my head around all the different things you know but it's it, 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 it's a little bit overwhelming right? Really. it is it, I, I mean arguably you know maybe they could have focused it more and like but on the other hand I do like the fact that. You People will be able to just like find their own kind of combinations of things that are like that. Like I've been kind of again using the spider one a lot as kind of my main weapon. It has those kind of uh kind of like whirling blades on webs, you know. So that that's kind mm-hmm. of uh pretty like, a bit like um oh god, What am I blanking on that one game that uses a similar weapon, but uh, anyway. Rygar? Rygar, yeah exactly, they're like Rygar blades, but then for the second slot I've kind of rotated a bunch of different things in and out or sometimes, you know, for like the ones that give uh, the best mobility um, like the ones that are like fans that where you can fly are pretty useful for good range but then, yeah, the, the kind of clock tower one is great because again, if you find yourself in that position where you're like isolated from the Battle and you just want to do some range attacks to, uh, chip, do a bit of chip damage before they kind of close in on you again. It does a, hu- a huge amount of damage on that. And yeah, if you do the witch tower thing, it's, uh, that's, uh, that the actual witch armor thing from the tower. That's really good. Like, I think Bayonetta gets three. She could have three, a set of three different kind of demons because the thing is that like, with the demons, When you bring out the demons, they can be killed. Like the, the, you know, the, if if you leave them out there kind of carelessly, and this is much more of a factor on higher difficulties, then they can either be killed instantly. Or a certain boss, in particular, just has this habit of like doing an insta kill on one of your demons. Um, but even like regular enemies and stuff, especially on harder difficulties, like if you leave it out there and it takes a certain amount of damage, it gets enraged. Which is like a kind of cute reference to Bayonetta 2. Like the whole start of that game is one of her summons gets too pissed off and that saves Jean goes to hell or whatever. So it's like kind of referencing that. And like it, it, the funny thing is when it's enraged, like it can still absolutely demolish your enemies, but it can also kill you. And so you have to. Sometimes you just like, I'm just going to back up and what see what happens here. Uh, but once it finishes its rage, it's dead. Like for a while, you can't use it for a while. So there is an element of like having a balance. The you know not go like really willy nilly with the with the demons and. I tended to emphasize using them occasionally more. Like with the accessories, you can have one that's like basically make it more powerful, but more prone to getting pissed off and going rogue. So that was kind of, it's like, I don't use it that much anyway. So I may as well go with that. And that works quite well. But again, you could go other ways. You could, you can, I think there's like charms and stuff that make it impervious to getting pissed off or something or at least much more difficult so again it gives the player so much choice but that kind of brings me on to the viola character who only has one which is cheshire that we talked about with the mm. nintendo direct so she only has one so if your de- your one and only demon partner gets killed as viola that is a problem you, you are much, you don't, you can't say, Oh, well, that's a shame. You know, the giant spider's dead, but he is the clock tower. He is, you know, the Kraken. Like <laughs> with Bayonetta, you just bring some other one out with, with Viola. It's like, nah, if Jesh is gone, it's just you. Like, and, uh, the, the Viola chapters for me have been the hardest stuff. Like at first I was thinking, Oh, this will be all right. Like in the previous two Bayonetta games, my fa- one of my favorite weapons was the sword. Like that, that was a really cool weapon to use. I, I kind of had a real affinity for that. And she is a sword user, which, I mean, she's a little bit clo- it's cutting a bit close to the Travis touchdown bone. I mean, she's a punk. She's an otaku. She has a leather jacket and she uses a, a sword where obviously with Travis touchdown, it's a lightsaber, but you know, it's a sword basically. Like, I mean, I, I, I assume they didn't, you know they came to it their own way, but probably like you know Devil May Cry kind of route. Uh, you know those, those sorts of uh, uh, heritage of the series. But it is like it's, isn't this just Travis touchdown? <laughs> but uh, anyway, like the the uh,
0: honestly, like the, they probably could have just gotten real Travis touchdown.
1: Yeah, just... license to it. You know, Suda would probably would be quite happy uh, to, to have him appear. But um, like her whole thing is. You can dodge attacks, but it won't trigger witch time. The only thing that triggers witch time with her is blocking them with the sword and rewiring my brain to accept that did not go very well for quite a long time. Like it's just like when you're in that moment of like almost panic where it's like, okay, yeah, I really need to, uh, you know, avoid this. My instinct was to dodge rather than to block which, you know, again, you, you really need to be uh, successfully activating Witch Time a lot of the, uh, time to replenish your magic, which is what fuels your summon. And Cheshire is, like, really, really important. Like, when you're playing with Viola, he does a lot of damage, and he sort of he breaks the big enemies. Like, they have this thing on the health bar where they, the health bar gets cracks on it, uh, in addition to just like the actual damage going down, which is like, okay, once that cracks, it sets up, like uh it stuns it and it sets up a torture attack and you can just get really, you know, fill your boots, do shit loads of damage. So he's really, really useful. If you lose him or you don't have enough magic power to summon him... At least with my skill with Viola, it's like, yeah, I am, I'm in trouble. <laughs> I, I, I can't do this because I, I never really quite got it down with the, uh, you know, kind of do dumb- Dodge to, uh, you know, just stand in there and block it and you have to do it with the right timing. And I, yeah, that was the trick. It still is tricky. Like, I still kind of struggle a little bit going back and forth, but it, it is kind of, I, I almost, the, the fact that the, you only have one demon and you really have to be careful about leaving it too, too long. And he's like, you don't control Cheshire really. You just, you just let him. Go nuts! Like the other ones, you actually give them commands with as bayonet. Whereas Cheshire, it's just like no, no. You summon him, and then while he's wrecking people, you can also attack with like punches and kicks, but not the sword because he's kind of tied to the sword. So it's it's almost like a more pure version of this whole like two battles concept. I almost wonder if like this is originally maybe what they had in mind and then thought, mm, that's too much of a departure from Bayonetta Combat, so they kind of siloed it to this character. But it's tricky. And um yeah, so some of those was probably the the more like frustrating parts of the game. But I do kind of I do kind of like the idea. And it is a bit of a twist on, you know, the kind of, uh, the regular combat. And uh, the Bayonetta games always seem at pains to try and like not make, you know, like not spend too much time with one way of playing, don't they? You know, they've all
0: Sometimes to their detriment.
1: Yeah, exactly. There's always got to be something. I already mentioned earlier in the episode, you the original Bayonetta, like let's have all these tributes to Sega arcade games. Uh, you know, uh, Bayonetta 2 had the Star Fox bit. Uh, you know, like, there's, there's always <laughs> things, uh, you know, and in this case, you know, Viola, obviously, you're pretty close to the regular gameplay, but it's another thing, you know, another variant on it. Um, and then the, 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 there's also the side chapters with Jean, where it's like side scrolling. Uh, 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 the, the first two are like a tribute to, um, elevator action and rolling thunder type of stuff. Um, I know in the NWR review, they, they were sort of cited as like the weakest part of the game, and they might be the weakest part of the game, but I think I like them more. Like, I mean, they, it's filler. It definitely is. Like, there's no doubt about that. But what I kind of liked is that it doesn't outstate its welcome. Like, it's quite brief. And it's, I don't know, I'd I'd definitely take it over, like, the motorbike bit in the original Bayonetta or something. Um, Because, uh, yeah, I just, yeah, I didn't have great memories of that. But I I don't know. I thought it was just kind of cute little homage to a sort of rather different kind of arcade uh, heritage than we've seen Bayonetta uh, sort of reference before. Also, the sort of six 60s espionage theme is like gives us this kind of delightfully kitsch co- costume for Jean. It's very 60s and I, I do like it. So there is that uh, part of it. And just, I think that's the actual bits where it is used in stealth to like kill enemies and stuff like it's, it's it's pretty basic and and so but i actually kind of thought that was all right the, the the latter two are like really action-based and that's where i kind of feel like it's more pointless you know because it's just like oh well it's action but it's side scrolling like that they they kind of felt more throw away to me and more like you know, one of them is almost like what if excite bike was an action game which is not a question i'd ever contemplated before uh and it's yeah, that's not that, Isn't that just road rash well yeah but road rash is behind the bike that's true yeah this right, is very right. much an excite bike type of perspective yeah but polygonal um but yeah th- those were less successful and, and not terribly fun on the infinite climax mode because you only get one hit on that but oh. you know you don't have to do that <laughs> exactly don't do that if you're, you're not inclined to do it but uh no i you know i like i i kind of saw some value in that i just kind of felt like maybe if they'd left it at the two that actually did the stealth thing that would have been better but yeah you know, still thought it brought something to the party but yeah overall uh i've enjoyed it uh, quite a lot, but I, I, so I'm sure I touched on this in the top five thing, but if you've not played Bayonetta before, definitely, and you want to try one of them, start with two. Two is the one to, to start, because you know, it doesn't have a lot of the bullshit that the first game has. It's, you know, most of that got dialed back to the QTEs and, uh, you know, that, that, the, some of the kind of repetitiveness with that stuff. Um, it's like the most pretty and polished of the games um so that and then if you like that maybe you could consider you know kind of uh going to three which you know is again not a huge departure but it is a sort of significant twist with this more open kind of you know environments and you know grand scale battles that is you know it it yeah, you know, there's, there's, there's trade-offs there and not, you know, not everything about it is good but ultimately I felt like it did actually kind of freshen up the formula enough to enjoy it all over again and just like I said it, there's, there's just so many options ahead of you I think it, it probably makes it more likely that you'll find a way of doing things that you'll like I guess you know, that's probably one of the other reasons that some people might not like the viola kind of parts is that it kind of strips those away you know for the odd chapter here or there but it does do that
0: cool um we're getting towards the end so guillaume i I, uh i quite flippantly asked you last week uh Mm -hmm. hey you still playing blue dragon and you responded no and my response was great um just in case. Yeah no one really cares about Blue Dragon. But
2: just in case someone actually cares. Right. Like I want to be clear like...
0: we had we had pre agreed on
2: this skit. Yes. I wasn't yes. I
0: wasn't just going like great we don't have to talk here. But also I'm about well blue aware dragon.
2: that like there there are very few people in twenty twenty three doing playthroughs of uh, Blue Dragon. And no. uh, now there's one fewer because
0: I, I'm not playing through that game. Rest in peace, your blue dragon run.
2: Yeah. Um no, like I, I played like a good like 28 hours, but, uh, at 28 hours, I realized that, um, there was a fork in the road at some point. Um, uh, I could have gone south, uh, from uh, the area that I was in, starting the second disc and gone through like a whole lot of uh, side quests. And, um, uh, I don't know if they were good, but, uh, I would have gone through them. Uh, instead I went north. Um, and, uh, I went through this, um, area that seemed, you know, kind of like it, like, maybe I should have guessed that something was up because like the idea of it, that like, there's these, uh, the, the moon in the sky is not actually a moon. And it's actually like this mechanical thing that's shooting lasers down at you. And like this, it's this scorched battlefield. And so like you can get through it, but you have to constantly be moving. Otherwise the laser, the, the lasers will get you. So maybe thematically, I should have been like, uh, this seems like a, uh, you know, high level area, like a, a place that maybe I'm not supposed to be at right now. But uh, in terms of uh, gameplay, in terms of difficulty, like, I was doing fine. So I got through that, and um, eventually I lost one of my party members, and I was waiting to get her back because, of course, it's one of the the women. Mm -hmm. Um, And um, then I realized after three more hours of this that I was not getting her back until uh, the switch to the third disc of the game. So basically... You know, like, I I could go back and, and do those side quests I mentioned, but minus one party member. Like, I could play, like, 20 hours of the game with one less party member than you're supposed to have. Or I could have, like, backtracked. Like, I did the, the thing where I, I had several saves. I could have lost three hours of my game to, to get her back and then, like, done those side quests and then done you know, like gun back to that, that field, uh, that, uh, those lasers, but, um, I didn't want to do that. Like, uh, that that's the point where I was like, you know what? I think I've played this enough. I don't want to undo anything that I've done. I don't want to keep going with like a minus one party member. Once you get her back, like it, it just triggers the end of the game. Basically like you're, you're on the path to, to finish the game. So Anyway, like it was not a great situation. I, I I feel like uh yeah, there was not really anything that that uh, uh warned me that I was engaging on the 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 path that was uh that would lead me to trigger the end of the game, you know. And that's kind of clumsy and stupid. You know, <laughs> it's poor design in my opinion. And uh, it was kind of frustrating, but at the same time it was kind of liberating because I uh, try as I might, like the the, the game is all right, as I kept saying last time I talked about it, but it's nothing more than that. And it doesn't really, um, it constantly fails to be as interesting as it feels like it should be. <laughs> Just to, to give you an example, like there's a, a town, uh, well, uh, for like basically like broadly, like the story is about like this ancient civilization, right? That, that kind of destroyed each other, uh, and they were more technologically advanced and they had magic and in the current day of that world, uh, people have neither, basically, but, uh, your, your characters are unearthing magic and they're kind of discovering these, uh, uh, these ruins of, uh, advanced civil, of an advanced civilization. And there's this one place where, uh, the, the, the enemies, but also like some, like the, basically the, the automatons, like the servants of the, this, this, these people, uh, are 2D on the walls, like they're, they're drawings and they can move around on the walls, but they can't, uh, yeah, they're not in three dimension. So, but you interact with them, but like the, I'm, I'm saying that it sounds like, oh, that could be interesting. You know, I could see that happening in, I don't know, uh, Baten Kaitos, uh, but it is considerably, Less interesting than anything I've seen in Baton Kaitos, mm. and it's just uh, it's just like okay, like you go through it. Uh, there's one side quest where you have to count uh, pets, and then you you've gone through it. Congratulations! I hope you opened all the chests that you wanted to, and uh, now you're going to move on. And you you got some uh, did, did, you know did, backstory, you got some um, uh, lore, but that that you know it was did, not that interesting. Did,
0: did you did you say you count pets?
2: Yeah. There, there's like, I think that there's exactly one side quest in that area. And it's like one of the, the quote unquote kids. They're robots. So there's no kids, but like they, they made kid robots. I don't know. Like, don't ask. And, uh, she's like, Oh, can you go around and like, uh, I can't leave this place because I'm a freaking drawing on a wall, (laughs) but can you in this, uh, these ruins find all the, the, the cats that they call them, but they're, they're not cast. They're flying around. I don't know. It's weird, but you you go around you 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 count them and then you report back, and then you get something absolutely insignificant as a reward, and then you move on. Anyway, so it was not a great RPG, and uh, everything like the 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 it did not have that uh, uh, Dragon Quest um, spark. You know, like that kind of like oh a new area and. Oh, like people have been turned into statues. Well, that sucks. Wait a minute. Like they can't be resurrected ever, uh, because the, 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 the weather has, uh, you know, broken down the, the rocks so much, you know, like they've been there for, for over a century and, uh, the rain has eaten away the statues. So if you brought them back to life, it would be horrifying. But there's this one person who was lucky way. enough to be indoors, uh, when, when, uh, they were all turned into statues. So they were protected and, uh, now they're, you know, you save them, but everyone they ever knew is gone. You know, like there's like this, like these weirdly kind of poignant and tragic scenes in a dragon quest game. And there's none of that here. So yeah, ultimately uninteresting um yeah and uh so karen and i have been playing uh <laughs> so we've been playing lego star wars the skywalker saga uh we have been playing it on the xbox so the performance is a little bit better the sure, than on the switch i i, I read uh, john raritan's uh review of the game for the switch and uh, basically it sounds like it it's pretty impressive uh what they managed to pull off but there is kind of uh you know, objects that are low resolution up close uh, when it feels like they shouldn't be. uh, Or um, there there is pop-in. But overall, like, it's a pretty impressive game. Uh, I'm playing it on Xbox, so I'm not um, dealing with pop-in or low resolution. But um, we're having fun. But the the impression that I got from uh, the the, the pre- Release chatter for that game was that, uh, first of all, the, uh, the, the traveler's tales, uh, mm-hmm. folks were, were like being worked to the bone, you know, like the, there was a lot of crunching, like the, the game was very late. It came out late and they, they kept pushing it back and eventually they had to release it. And, um, so it was like a, a long, long. Yeah. Like, uh, what sword I just said, um, Crunching a Protracted yeah, like it was, crunch, yeah. And presumably yeah. A,
1: a pandemic affected uh protracted crunch, right?
2: Possibly, yeah. And so uh that doesn't sound great, but also like uh the, the reports that I saw, like the 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 people the 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 director or the you know the 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 people in charge of the studio would, like really believed that this would be like their biggest game ever and like it would be like this amazing thing. Ultimately it's still a Lego game. Uh, it is a very impressive one with lots of content and it does look great. And it does have a lot going for it. Um, but the, and like these games, like we, we can't pretend that like since the PlayStation two days that they haven't evolved. Like the, if when you decide to go back to those, like you do realize like, Oh shit. Like they, they've continually improved on this formula. But uh, the the fact remains that it's always kind of the same formula. So um, it is a Lego game, uh, and uh, so what that means is that it's this very uh, un um, unchallenging kind of. Uh, I mean, they've been making these games for twenty years now. But hopefully yeah, you know. Well, it's a very like forgiving platformers. Um, what I do enjoy though is that. Um, at its best, like th- th- these games are kind of like time wasters, right? Where, like, w- you know, like you, you mess up, you die, it doesn't really matter. You lose some, some of the in game uh, money, it doesn't really matter. You, you reappear exactly where you were. So they're very forgiving. You could play them with children, but they're fun also as adults because of all the references and the jokes and, and stuff like that. Um, but this one, I really felt like, uh, it, it, it kind of, um, uh, I don't think that it was like inspired by Breath of the Wild, but the the way that the you stumble upon a puzzle and then you solve it and then you get a little reward like a Korok seed, if you will, um, like it, it felt very much like Breath of the Wild, you know, like it, it felt like uh, you know, like there's always kind of a around the corner some sort of thing to discover. And then, like, you play around, you figure it out, you get a reward, you get that jolt of uh, uh, Serotonin or whatever. And, uh, yeah, and then you move on to, to the next thing. And so it's pretty satisfying that way. Uh, also, another thing that I like is that I'm playing this with uh, Karen. And unlike too many Nintendo uh, 3D platformers, this is actually two players, co-op, fully you know like the both players get the same experience uh, right. niter is stuck playing as a hat um it's it's really so so basically like what you can do and like you can basically be at two different places in the world at any time you can't be i don't think you can be on different planets like you you both have to be in the same area and in the same level uh but you can be anywhere in the level you don't have to be next to each other the game is split screen so you can basically work through the game twice as fast if you both go each your own way and then like you each solve puzzles uh on your own uh in your corner of the world map or you can you know actually stick together and you know help out help each other in battles and also there are some puzzles where you will need two characters to cooperate so there's always going to be that too but uh yeah, like, so it's satisfying that way, like, where neither a, a player is getting, uh, compromised experience. So that, that's really good. But the, the jankiness, the Lego jankiness is still there. Um, it, so, so the, the platforming, like, sometimes, like, the, the game is going really well. I'm enjoying, like, the combat. It's not too, you know, it's just whatever, like, you, you, you mash the buttons, but, um, there, there's, combos that you can pull off you know it's kind of uh, cute but uh, ultimately it doesn't really matter too much because again like the game is very easy Um, the the puzzles are are fun to to solve it's fun to explore alright the platforming can be infuriating and that is one thing that I feel like they've had two decades now to work on this but they haven't they, they really haven't and it is infuriating and it's like they, they found some solutions along the way where um let's say that like you're, you most of your characters can s- stick to ledges all right mm-hmm. and so like you can climb and uh what happens when you uh hang on to uh you know a bar like that's you know, going, like, there are a series of bars, basically a ladder in, in, in a way that, that goes up a wall. And, like, you stick to the, the lowest rung of the ladder. And then, like, you're going to get a prompt, uh, the A button to, that you just have to press. And then, like, your character will automatically, it almost, like, magnetically be drawn towards the next rung. So you're, you're, you, the, the, the climbing a wall is almost animated, right? Like, so there's no issue there. But then, like, sometimes they, they're like, well, that's, um, not challenging enough or there's not enough going on. So there's going to be, like, these timed platforming sections where you have both that and, uh, um, platforms that stick out of the wall and then retract, uh, uh, with a certain timing. And so, you know, like, you have to time your jumps so that you're, 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 uh, you know, before the, 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 the platform disappears under your feet. And, um, there's no kind of prompt for that. There's no automatically magnetically being drawn to anything when you're doing that. And so I don't know if I can explain this well enough, but there's a wall. Okay. The bars that you're supposed to climb are on that wall. So they're like the, the, all right. So the, the wall is like the, the camera is facing the wall. All right. The, the, the platforms that are sticking out of the wall. Of course, like they're in front, they're between the camera and the wall. And, and so when you're jumping from one of those platforms to grab on to one of those bars, those ledges, the game is not smart enough to know that that's what you want to do, that you want to grab onto them. And so you end up like, kind of like jumping to the right, but also you're kind of trying to press up so that you'll go towards the wall so that you'll grab onto the freaking bar. But then sometimes what happens is that your feet, like maybe you you jumped over it and then like your feet actually are landing on top of that bar and you're like, okay, like hopefully on the way down, you know, if I slide off, my character will be smart enough to, to automatically grab onto that freaking bar and then they don't. Uh, they never do Mm. and like the the platforming is fundamentally broken that way where it's like cashing checks that there's writing checks that it can't cash like it it, like they 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 don't deserve to make these platforming sections you know like the game engine (laughs) is not capable of handling them anyway so they're infuriating like I I really felt and you know like the whole thing is timed and again like it's like most of the game is super easy you could play it with like a five six year old I'm sure you know no problem and then you have got these like time platforming sections that make you know veteran of veterans of time platforming sections just you know break down like it's a I don't think I've sworn as much lately a- a- at the game, uh, <coughs> as, a- as I have at Lego, Star Wars, the Skywalker saga. And I've been playing Mario Kart. <laughs> so, you know, fair. Yeah. Anyway, but, but all this said, most of the time it's really enjoyable. The presentation is really top notch and I'm, I'm always on the verge or I'm always being pulled back, but uh, like I'm, I'm a lapsed uh, Star Wars fan who now like I'm playing this, and I'm like, you know what? I could rewatch the movies. Sure, like uh, when I hear the the R2D2 sounds in this game, and I can tell where from the movies uh, they come from, I realize I've watched them way too often and i probably i'm good never watching them again but like they really put me back into the 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 mindset of like oh yeah star wars the those those movies are pretty cool um and they they you know they've got tons of jokes like tons of um uh, they will use lines from the movies but then like they'll 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 change the context around them or they'll have like a character say it in a different way uh, or like in different place and that kind of changes what the, the line does. Um, it's, uh, I don't know, like it's, it's really, it's more clever than I would have thought. But basically, like you can unlock all sorts of stuff. Like I've got a, a porg companion <laughs> that, uh, Karen really wanted to unlock. So now we've got like this Lego, uh, porg just, uh, following us around. It doesn't really do anything. Uh, but, but it's there. Um, Really neat touches. Like, I don't know. Like, if you want, like, winks and nudges and stuff like that, you're going to get plenty of them here. Um, we were playing through, uh, Return to the Jedi and, uh, I was playing as a C3PO and we were in the Ewok Village. And when you play as C3PO in the Ewok Village, they'll just, like, start prostrating themselves in front of you.
0: I mean, that's a nice touch, at least. It is. It really is. Um, do, you the, do you have the noise so, as well?
3: Uh, uh.
1: <laughs>
2: well, they they do have uh, all the music, and um, so you know, like the the at some point, like the the, the new version of the Return of the Jedi uh, Jabba the Hutt, uh you know, party scene. <laughs> oh yeah, Jedi like rocks! Yeah, <laughs> it's cool. Um, so anyway, so it's all there. It's really cool, and the actors. Uh, are really good and it's, um, it's not cartoony. You know, like I would almost think that they're the original actors. You know, like, I would all, almost think that they're like the lines directly from the movie, but obviously, you know, it's like
0: actors doing their best, uh, Alec Guinness impressions. <laughs> uh, I suspect there's a, a people who have practiced doing Alec Guinness a lot for this kind oh of movie. Oh, God, he, he was so oh.
1: popular with impressionists over here. It's like uh, Alec Guinness was just <laughs> like a voice. Yeah. I, I guess maybe it's like the British equivalent of, uh, uh Christopher Walken. <laughs> you know, it's just like everybody's got an, an Alec Guinness. Yeah, mm. uh, but,
2: like, he he's really good, and uh, one thing that I did not expect, though, and I kind of wonder, you know, like, these people who are so good at doing Alex, Alex Guinness uh, impressions, like, did they, it, it kind of uh, brought me to ask myself, like, weird questions that I never thought I would ask myself, such as, um, and, like, they're questions that they had to solve when they were working in this game, the actors uh, impersonating Alleginness is what does Alleginness sound like? What would he sound like if he were voicing a video game and had to do all the grunts of effort <laughs> or the grunts of pain? Hey,
0: can I get the AI voice generator? Just yeah, to do that's Alec the thing. I mean, uh, you, know, you get the feeling in future that that's where we're going,
1: isn't it? Like, you know, the, mm-hmm. the, the, the I have, wonder with uh, the Obi-Wan series, like we had uh, the, the AI. Um, James L. Jones, rather than the real James L. Jones, you <laughs> mm-hmm. know, to sound more right. like his younger self, which I, I, I was, like, mildly horrified, where I was like, oh, th- that is better than Rogue One. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> it does sound more like you know the 80s uh, late 70s uh, James Earl Jones than elderly James Earl Jones does in Rogue One which is, it makes him mildly nauseous <laughs> but uh, again, the thing is it works alright for a character whose voice is deliberately robotic uh, the other stuff right. like Luke in The Mandalorian is it, that's more like uh, it's a bit too lifeless
2: yeah, I, um, yeah, uh, anyway, like, at least, uh, Nando Kal Racing will always be voiced by Bill D. Williams, wherever, because he's got apparently nothing else to do. So he's really, really affordable. Voice. Yeah, it's, uh, it's unfortunate, but, um, yeah, like the, Anyway, like if you want to know, uh, the the way that they they uh, go with uh, like Guinness uh, grunting with effort is uh, just like an old man grunt, and it's very out of place, and it's really it's not what I expected. It's just like, uh, uh, it's like. I need Seriously? you to never do that again. I know, right? I kind of wonder, like, where, the, like, did the actor just go? Like, surely Ella Guinness has grunted in the movie before, and then like sat through like Lawrence of Arabia and the Bridge over the River Kwai, like. Come on! maybe yeah, like, so may like one know, of those
1: Ealing like, studios films where he played like twelve parts or whatever. Like, surely one of them. <laughs>
2: was, surely, yeah. yeah. But maybe he was not old enough yet. Uh, you yeah, know, but that's to... the, that's
1: the beauty of those movies where it's like, well, he, he played every part. So like one of them was old. Right, one of the family that he's playing every member of <laughs> was an old man. When even if he wasn't an old man yet, but. It was <laughs>
2: But, yeah, so having a good time, and uh so we finished the uh, the original trilogy, and I kind of don't wanna move on from from that uh because they're the movies that I like, <laughs> and uh that's the thing yeah you know, like uh about being a lapsed uh uh star wars fan, like uh I just don't like the other movies all that much, so we'll see if the the Lego magic can get me to appreciate them on some new level, you know, like maybe i'll I'll still chuckle a lot at the uh the jokes about uh busness or or whatever. Like I I, I don't know. But uh, yeah we'll see. We we've been enjoying it a lot. And um as an aside, like someone was uh, on the Discord was asking for recommendations for games to uh uh kind of let the stress out and uh, <laughs> not, not, games, not not the good uh but the good games you know you can destroy everything so it's kind of a uh, unexpectedly
3: cathartic to be you fact, that
1: bit at the start of Last Jedi where uh, Snoke is bemoaning the fact that he can't understand what Kylo Ren is saying behind the mask and then it's like actually way more distorted than it was in the first film that, that could have just been a Lego bit it could have been like, mm-hmm. it, it's just like, it's, they already did it there, there's nowhere for them to go I don't think after that <laughs> <laughs>
2: Well, to 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 be quite honest, the um, one of the things that most recently killed Star Wars for me was when uh, the, the 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 finale of the first season of The Mandalorian, uh, where they kind of acknowledge that it's completely stupid that the stormtroopers can't hit like a creature that's two meters away from them, um, like the I know like it's an ongoing joke in Star Wars that the stormtroopers can't shoot. Uh, but, but to have it kind of be made explicit and like a joke in the world of Star Wars kind of made me not enjoy it anymore.
3: Hmm.
0: I was
2: like, okay, like you, this is too dumb. They took the fun out of the joke. Yeah, kind of. Oh, well. and, and, like, they, they kind of cheapened the whole world at the same time. I it, it,
0: there, there is that time where, where stuff can get too self-referential, which Star Wars passed, oh, I'm going to say, oh, probably in the second sequel movie, I would guess. we were starting to get there. I mean, the first sequel movie. Yeah. The first sequel movie, maybe. I don't know. It depends on what you want. Like, the first sequel movie is just bad recitation. The second one's like, well, did you ever read the books? It's like, okay, come on they've They slept these books around for two thousand years. I don't fucking believe they'd set them on fire as a gag. Calm down. <laughs> That's a stupid scene written by dumb so i I yeah, but you're right the the idea that they're like i mean if I guess you could make that joke in a way where it's if it was characters talking to each other, you get away with it but I don't know yeah
2: and the the scene was funny like I could tell like oh yeah like i they they kind of had to do it. Right. once they thought of doing it at the same time like uh boy star wars is dumb
0: yeah it Th- is. That,
2: that, that was like the effect that it had on me i was like
0: uh, why am i watching this i mean if it makes you feel any better like <laughs> the stuff they pulled out of the canon is dumber yeah like there's there used to be a bunch of like horse dragons that went through space and could grant wishes i mean look like there used to be way dumber shit, so don't worry. On the other hand, it's sure. got Carl Weathers in it. I know that was part uh, of the problem, though. I, uh... I I see Carl Weathers, and I just see Carl Weathers. Oh,
2: like, yeah, I know why. Well, I see Arrested Development, Carl Weathers. Yeah, well, that's
0: the problem because he played himself in Arrested Development, and it just became like the whole gimmick was he would do anything for a buck. And now it's like, any time I see him, I'm like, he did this for a buck. Uh, yeah. And
1: more Carl Weathers whole- is never bad, as far as I'm concerned.
0: I didn't say it was bad, it's just, <laughs> I see Carl Weathers, and I see Carl Weathers. I just,
2: uh, yeah, anyway, I'm not a big, uh, I'm going to go in my Mandalorian rant. I, I, I think that the whole thing is just, like, so underwritten. And so in love with its idea of, like, we're going to do westerns in space. Right. Uh, that it kind of forgot to be good. Um, like, it's it's very polished. It looks great for a sci-fi TV show. Like, we're, you know, like, clearly we, we didn't shoot in the forests of uh, Vancouver. Um, but uh, the... Yeah, like, it, it was just, like, they, they kind of um, forgot to, to write good stuff. <laughs> Like the, the whole, the, the finale, All right. the finale, well, the finale of the first season is like, Hey, there's this guy, like, he's so bad. And like, oh, they're, they're kind of, uh, putting together this gun and like people don't survive from that gun this gun is, is terrible. Like, uh, and like the people who survived it, like they're, they're scarred for life and like, let's get the hell out of here, except that we're not really doing anything for like 20 minutes. And then eventually we, we do find a way to get out of there. And also the gun had like, uh, this very, uh, you know, this two-meter-wide exhaust pipe, basically, that was, like, a weak point, like, yeah, were yeah. the equivalent of that, like, it was its own Death Star. Oh, yeah, like, so oh yeah, so the it's, generator. A bit, it's a bit
1: in Last Jedi where it's like, oh, they've got a laser to break down the door, it's Death Star, it's always got to be some connection. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Like, it's the, 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 the absolute fulcrum of technological <laughs> <And> <laughs> the Look, reality. people are very
0: obsessed with spheres, with the exhaust ports, and it is... Big Gun, big
1: lasers. Uh, I, I, yeah. I, 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 think it's, I think it's fun. You know, like it's that that's yeah. the fun show. If you want the good show, it's Andor's the, the actually good one. Like, yeah, uh,
2: I've heard of that. I, I, I need to. But but obviously no, it, it
1: depends what you co- because you know if if you, if you what what you take from so it's so popular it's so broad people take all right. sorts of different things from it. But if you like the kind of The kind of, because I was worried about Mandalorian being too much about, oh, it's gonna be, it's gonna be badass. It's gonna be so badass. You know, it's just like, Mm. there is a lot of that, but it is also a lot of just like the weird, dorky, cute, like Star Wars in it as well, which is more where my affections lie. But then Andor is not that at all. Like it's, it's more like, oh yeah. What would it be like living under fascism? <laughs> so mm. you know you have to go into it, you know, with that. But we really have to, to yeah,
2: to use the the world of Star Wars to to be to, yeah, well, able I mean, to imagine the,
1: that. That's that is the future of escapism. Mm-hmm. It's like, Well, yeah, but it's in another <laughs> galaxy, so
0: it's totally different. Hey, um, it was it's it's historical, but please. it happened the, a long the, time ago. It,
1: it, your point is, it's much more about. You know, yeah, we've actually got to try and have drama that holds up, and your characterization that holds up it isn't just going to be, you know, kind of the cool set pieces and you know references and fan service. And still, so, you know, we're not going to get Boba Fett in a rank or in in Antauri. <laughs> you know, it's it's uh, a lot more straight, but they're surprisingly good. I thought you know, it's just like why wow, they really kind of committed to it and uh, pulled it off pretty well to that point anyway obviously uh I believe there you know will be more to come
0: nice so we've had Star Wars content that's samurai movies um specifically seven samurai we've had we've had had Star Wars Hidden Hidden
1: Fortress is like the big uh, the
0: big inspiration for the first movie you're right
1: we've had uh, but
2: I mean like one episode of Mandalorian is seven uh, times yeah Yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, I mean Roger Corman already did it with Battle Beyond the Stars so I mean did we need it it's
0: true we've We've had had we have
1: George Pappard as cowboy I mean you don't need Han Solo once you've seen that
0: That's true. We've had heist movies. We've had uh, westerns. We've had the World War Two raid movie. Um, what genre? What genres remain on? Un- Do we have the buddy cop film? Buddy cop is Cop's there gonna, be a- gonna
1: happen. So it probably has like on a more of a one-off episode or something.
0: Yeah, it was probably going to be solo 2, but. I don't know. I could absolutely see them doing a like a limited a limited Disney Plus run of just uh, like a semi comedy buddy cop on Coruscant. Just dumb shit like that. But I'm not sure how much of a buddy cop you could be in the Imperial era, so you know, generally speaking, um Hugo Boss in space style uniforms don't give you the uh the full extent of the buddy cop experience. You're not going to Turner and Hooch in that outfit. Yeah, I the,
1: say. Star Wars Miami <laughs> Vice is what I'm looking for.
0: There we go. Turner and Hooch.
2: Hooch was uh, a dog. Yes. Okay.
0: But it was. Are, the- you, ta- are you thinking
2: of Tango and cash?
0: No, I'm not. Okay. That That is absolutely... A, a. It's not a buddy cop film, but it's absolutely structured like a buddy film, even though one of the characters is a dog. Yeah, I
1: get I okay. get it, It's... Um, do we think... the... Any which way but loose is that that is that responsible for that particular you know, the, the buddy movie Lobby. where one of the buddies is non-human. It's a Clint Eastwood and Orangutan movie. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, there's 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 the um oh, what's what's the one with the monkey? Uh, yeah. uh isn't sh- it? Uh, any which way but loose? No, no but there, there's one where the truck driver. I'm just blanking on. On uh, who would stars with? Damn it! I'm gonna uh, oh Burt Reynolds. There's a, there's a Burt Reynolds one with the monkey, and I'm blanking on what that movie's <laughs> <God. was>
1: called. <laughs> it's a, this really was a subgenre. <laughs> yeah,
0: no, that was mm. a thing. Um, and of course apes are a lot easier to train than dogs. Uh, now I have to look it up. And like I like I, I was gonna wrap the show, but now I need to know the name of this fucking movie. Burt uh, Reynolds, Monkey, Smokey
2: and the Bandit Part Three no no <laughs> Bing, you're useless
0: maybe, maybe maybe it wasn't uh let's see uh maybe it wasn't reynolds i thought for sure it was uh is there no i guess it wasn't reynolds there, there's Skull skullduggery? skullduggery no it's not a reynolds movie there it was movie... ah, whatever i'll figure it out later um yeah i uh the, uh, what, buddy cop animal buddy film there we go we got it we got it that's your next that's your next star wars content we can be disney plus content creators give us a bunch of money give us a bunch of money like a million billion there we go that's the word i need we're good uh, I was like, yeah, just give me a million dollars and it's like, no, that's not gonna cover it. I need more money. I need I need to have guests who's gonna be our guest star. I think that's the most important part. You're gonna have guest star in your or Apparently in your you're series? too
1: snooty to have Carl Weathers in it again, but I don't know.
0: Look, it may, may, all right, what if we just it's just canonically Carl Weathers? It's just car, Carl Weathers in Star Wars. There, we've solved the problem. Now now we can cast him as Carl Weathers in Star Wars. I think I've solved it. I think we're good. Don't think there's any issues here. Sure. Great, perfect, we did it. Um, all right. Well, I think it's time for us to wrap the show up because we spent the last ten minutes trying to figure out what the name of a movie was that I'm not even sure existed. But that's cool.
1: Yeah, there were to sort of fabricated Tetris experience. <laughs> just, there uh, we go. It's uh, given way to yeah, some apocryphal <laughs> Burt
0: movie. <laughs> there we go. There's definitely a movie where he has a he has an animal sidekick. I just can't remember what it is. Well, definitely Sinbad played in the movie called Shazam, right? We uh, can he, all agree. He, uh no, I don't think so. Maybe. <laughs> I don't remember. That was that sounds extremely like 1991 and I was still very young then. Um uh, it's a
2: sorry. It's a reference to this thing that where like lots of people believe that Sinbad was in a movie called Shazam and there's no such movie. I,
3: I where,
1: where did It's like it it's like the from? thing of being John Malkovich, where people keep saying, "Oh yeah, in that Jewel Thief movie." And he's like, "I've never been in the Jewel Thief movie."
0: Why do people keep saying this? <laughs> Uh That's oh, that that's the stunt casting we need. John Malkovich is the protagonist of our buddy cop film. Done, we did it. John Malkovich in the Star Wars movie, basically playing his character from being John Malkovich, but also it's a buddy cop movie. Done. Give me uh, whatever the budget is, Disney. You can't, it, you can't do worse than than this. Probably, this is probably the worst idea that's ever been pitched. I'll take it. Nah, that's not true. That's, that's there's definitely been worse Star Wars content pitched. I'm confident of that. Oh shit, we're gonna get a racing show, oh, aren't we? Because that, like, both F1 and NASCAR have had major like success with, uh, like documentary style racing television programs. We're gonna so get what's like already a-
1: pitched it and called it now this is pod racing. Yeah, all right, let's skip to the end.
0: Yeah, no, mm-hmm. we it's coming. God damn it. Alright, well on that uh Greg, music. <laughs> Yeah, well first of all, uh, I do want to say again the uh,
1: the Star Fox documentary for the anniversary, well Absolutely. worth uh, yeah, well worth watching that. I uh, get a glimpse at the demo that Dylan Cuffer himself as a teenager made, you know, to uh, to show off to uh Nintendo to help sort of uh, convince them of uh Argonaut's ability to do these wondrous 3D things on Nintendo hardware at the time, and I think there's going to be more of that coming in uh, collaboration with the Video Game History Foundation down the line, but yeah, just really enjoyable uh, documentary to watch in general, Uh, but also yes, the closing music. Now uh, we do have another request in uh, from Pokemon Scarlet and Violet. Uh, We did this, uh, I think it was Hmm. episode $7.99 Seven ninety nine, I want to say uh, we had one in but uh, with it being Pokemon Day so shortly after this episode goes out I was, uh, was as good a time as any to tackle another one this is from AG and, uh it is uh, uh, again yeah from scarlet and violet this is academy Ace tournament battle theme which is uh, very much in the you know a long and proud tradition of pokemon battle themes but just kind of everything dialed up like the instruments the energy this this is uh very very it goes very hard i, I think it's fair to say
0: all right well on that it is time for us to uh to wrap up the show next week i John will be back, and we'll probably try to do a regular-ish. We also have episode. to get to work on Wind Waker. That's, oh, that's right. Thank you. Yes, if you do not own Wind Waker, time is very quickly running out for you to re- rectify that situation digitally. We are going to do a retroactive on Wind Waker. We're going to do it next month, so go and acquire it. Um, Like I said, time is extremely running out unless you want to try to buy a physical copy.
1: We'll get the GameCube version going, I guess.
0: Yeah. I, mean, uh, if I could do that. Get, get yourself a GBA with the link cable. <laughs> <is it? laughs> the tingle sure. Yeah. But uh on that, it is time for us to go. Bye everybody. Bye. Bye bye.